You are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of SwordChomp at SwordChomp.com. We know your life is precious and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show a part of your day, especially during these rough times. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know that Chompcast gives you double life experience points. Uh, every show we do is streaming and downloadable, of course, at SwordChomp.com and Anywhere in the world you can get podcasts, pretty much. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. And if you're feeling frisky, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe because it helps us get the Sword Chomp name out there. Bump the show up. We have a five-star show today. That's right. Five stars. Let me tell you. Holy fuck. We have Doom Eternal First Impressions. It's one star. Animal Crossing First Impressions. Two stars. Ori and the Will-O-Wisps. Basically completed game from two people here. Three stars. Call of Duty Warzone. Apparently that's a thing, so I'm going to give it a star. Four stars. And Murder by Numbers. Five stars. See? Five star show. I didn't lie. Right. Can, can, you, can, you read, can you read the Ori title again? Yeah, just say that for us one more time, please. Ori and the Will-O-Wisps? <laughs> is it not excellent, called the excellent, yeah. excellent attempt. What, what is it called? What the fuck is it called? Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, Will of the Wisp. Oh, I thought it was like Willow. Wisp. Okay. That's Willow, really like the George Lucas film? <laughs> Willow Wisps. Um, oh, good to know. Uh, for the topic of the show, we give our brief thoughts on the cancellation of E3, uh, a.k.a. Gamer Christmas, uh, to... Maybe someone here. And we round up the show with poll results that you voted on in the Sword Shop Instagram, uh, like the coronavirus versus the KFC donut sandwich. Are you rocking a face mask yet in these dangerous times? Do they even help? Speaking of which, our listeners declare Animal Crossing New Horizons the game of the moment to get us through these dark days. They voted. We'll talk about it. So um, we also have a super exciting giveaway that uh, one of our biggest patrons, Danny P, our good friend Daniel, has given away. Um, you have to listen to this show to get it. So more on that later. This might just be the show of the year. It's only March. It's only March the 20th, Rich. Uh, Rich joins us from New York, but it just might be the show of the year. So Yeah, I think, I think it'll be a good one. Um, I played some games. Uh, a winner of some games. You know, I, it says here that you're con- we're contractually obligated since you became part of Sword Chomp to talk Call of Duty. That's kind of different for us. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure how I feel about it right now. It's a good Call of Duty, uh, is what I'll say. And this is a different branch of said good Call of Duty that I'm enjoying quite a bit. Is that like a good stroke? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you it's... get there to the hospital in time and... Yeah, basically. The helicopter um, okay. really has a lot of air conditioning. No, that's actually dark because my sister did have a stroke and they had to take her to the Hulk. Uh, but she survived, so she would laugh at it today. It's a good stroke. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, good stroke. The kind that you survive from uh, is the I, stroke. I hear what sounds like fireworks. What a stroke of luck. So um, if oh, I have to I leave in the middle that's of the show, just know that New York has finally started. Like it, The division is happening now, um, and I'm no going to go be a part rich. of it. No excuses, Rich. Okay. Uh, the anyone we should call i don't think so i okay. think it's pretty much in our hands and it'll spread through the okay. rest of the country slowly but surely why couldn't it why couldn't the coronavirus have made us a, uh, the world a good game like destiny why'd it have to be division division two come on 
Look at what it's starting with. Womp womp. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm trying here. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's we been do a long week. Try. Well, thank you for being here, Rich. Uh, of course. It's only gonna get longer. That's what she said. Uh, Shay Layton joins us from Japan. She was. Wrong. <laughs> she was, she was misled. She's very wrong. Um, the professor is here correcting me as a professor should on the title of Ori. So I'm now the bad That's student. Right. So sorry. He must punish That's right. me. Yeah, I will. Uh, um, please pull your pants down around your ankles mm-hmm. and um, bend over. Okay. Those two steps are completed. Now, next step. I can see you. You didn't do any of those things. <laughs> Shh, theater of the mind, Rich. Come on, theater of the mind. That's um, true. The day I bend That's over true. on. Okay. How? Uh, yeah, uh, Shay. How are you doing, man? Uh, you did finish Ori this week, so you've been a uh, a busy beaver, as they say. I didn't finish Ori <laughs> this week. Actually, I've been trying to finish Ori this week, but uh, uh, didn't finish Ori. All right. I did not finish Ori. No, I. Uh, it's weird. Every night I sat down to play it, not because of the game, but just because of exhaustion this week i would sit down to play it and like in a half hour i'd be asleep on my chair every fucking night i sat down to play this game so it's a it's a absolutely gorgeous phenomenal game and i just yeah i didn't get enough time to play it but i'm gonna finish it this weekend and then doom time the part with sleep sounds nice dude it's great it's great I'll, i'll tell you what getting eight hours it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm ex- yeah, that's well that's good to talk about that with you and Josh and I actually spent about two and a half hours with it just so I could at least be part of the conversation. Um also I got tricked into buying Game Pass. I could tell you guys about that later. Josh is here from Michigan. Uh we had quite a kerfuffle before the show, but I think things are getting straightened out. Um Josh was uh None too happy. I guess you came to the revelation that you had to share your Animal Crossing island. Uh, I should say. Did you think that was an argument? <laughs> I said kerfuffle. I said kerfuffle, not argument. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. No, I let my kid play it this morning while I was playing some Doom, just so I'd have time to play some Doom. Um, and then I went on to play it, and uh, it just skips the intro and has you you know, f- pick a spot for your house and go. Um, so I picked a spot for my house, realized that there was nothing on the island anymore because my kid had completely stripped it bare, um, and then uh, <laughs> deleted the island so I could actually start the game because for whatever reason, Nintendo thought that would be a good idea to have, you know, everyone on the console share the same game. Um, yeah, share or well, share the same island, which yeah, like why? It's a choice. Why? Why why it, would they do that for a console release? Like it kind of halfway made sense when it was, you know, on the on the handhelds there for so long, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because their handhelds are now basically there. But yeah, that's that's the weird thing is with New Leaf, the Animal Crossing New Leaf, you had to buy it. it was saved to the cartridge so mm-hmm. you could get you could get two cartridges for your house which is still pretty expensive yeah but... yeah but there's no way around it if <laughs> if i wanted to have 
a second island, I would have to buy a new copy of the game and a new Switch. Like, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, well, yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't think there's an argument to be made against that being absurd. <laughs> but anyway, like, uh, it's one of those things, like, long term, it'll be fine, I think, because, like, once you're just kind of hopping in for seasonal events and whatnot and not actively repaying a, a loan shark, um, you don't have to worry about stripping the island of all its natural resources constantly. Just checking well, in on I, the hippo that lives around the corner from mm-hmm. you. Yep. It's yeah, just I, weird I've, that they I didn't have a lot to add to include that option. It's, it's weird. They didn't include that option in 2020, uh, as we were talking about before the podcast, because like most games, and I understand your point, Morgan, but most games have like multiple saves. They have the opportunity for multiple people to play a game on one console now. And for some people, that's not going to be a big deal. But especially now with, and granted, nobody could have predicted that this was going to happen. Well, but I think with, they announced that this one hadn't paid I, attention. To a, to a degree. Yeah. To a degree, yeah. But with... Where we're at now, it's not like, Josh, you can just go out and be like, ah, well, I'm just going to go buy another Switch and another game. And it's no problem because, like, people are, are, you know, more tightened with their their finances. And it's not like you can be like, hey, Walmart, I know that you're trying to supply all this toilet paper for everybody, but I kind of need a Switch right now. So <laughs> could you hurry up on the TP shit and get over could here and get throw in some toilet really paper? Quick? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. I'll find somebody and trade them three rolls for a for a switch. Just get, get another week good and deal. We'll, yeah. We'll, How about we'll five be there. rolls and paper rolls and three sushi <laughs> rolls? How about five rolls and I throw in a pro controller? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um, sounds like a great idea. But no, it just it feels like a mental misstep and a very egregious one on their part for it being twenty twenty. Interesting. Yeah, I yeah, it was something we could talk about later. I I've had a very different experience with it, but I think it'd be fun to talk about for sure. I uh, see where you're coming from. Um, so yeah, so that Animal Crossing is out today. Uh, I guess it was last night for most people, just like Doom. So we got we got some hot early impressions, hot takes, if you will. I am of course General Mountain Time, uh, Morgan here from Montana. I mean, I was man, I I'm excited. We got a Normally what we do here is we do a topic of the show, and we're going to do that this week. It's just going to be a little more condensed because we have an unusual amount of games to talk about, uh, which is a good problem to have. You know, our signature thing is that we do a topic of the show, which helps us, especially if there's a drought and it makes, I think, our show unique in a lot of ways. But unfortunately, if we have a lot of games to talk about, the show just balloons up. So um, we thought we would just cover briefly the cancellation of E3 because we never really addressed it on the podcast weirdly enough even though it's been about a a couple weeks since that happened but things have moved very quickly since the uh coronavirus situation so um i believe it was right after the podcast two weeks ago with uh our guest samuel adams that you know the rumors started flying and then like the next day or two it was just like e3's done so that will be you know as the famous words uh in the famous words of michael g scott christmas has been canceled um Saw your birthday was so lame, Jesus. It's it's funny you invoke that, Morgan, uh, because when I got home from work today, I was relaxing and playing Animal Crossing, and I was actually watching The Office, and I was watching the episode in season two where Michael goes to New York and is talking about like his favorite spots in New York, and like he goes to the Sabaro for pizza. And my initial thought is like, if Morgan came to visit me in New York, this is what would happen. (laughs) 
It's true. No, it. <laughs> It, it. I would. I do laugh, but like, yeah, Sabaro was my that. That was my joint when I was a kid. We used to go to a mall. Like, I lived in a tiny I'm town. I'm horrified. Like, Sabaro, what Sabaro is? Well, look, I haven't eaten in 15 years, but I remember loving it. They had pizza it's, slices that were like the size of your this that's laptop. Just what pizza and the same looks flavor, like, Morgan. It's a fast food pizza place. That's not what pizza is like, Morgan. Uh yeah, I just thought it was funny because, yeah, when I was a kid living in Mexico, we would travel to El Paso, Texas, and they had a big mall, and I would go right for the Sabaro every time. Um, and mm-hmm. I had to pull down my headphones, you know, blurring my uh, 2000s new metal so that I could place my order <laughs> <laughs> for my two pepperoni slices. Where you follow um, the trapped controversy. I want to <laughs> run away, never say goodbye. You know, it's funny, Shay, that Rich mentions Trap because I saw them live in concert. Just want to let you know that. I'm sorry that happened to you. It was a great show, goddammit. I don't want to hear that from you. It was a trap show. I don't see how that could be possible. It was the Simon Normandy trap. That seems like an oxymoron. <laughs> For the one person out there that knows. Um. So, yeah, so basically, e- and a lot of people message me about the E3 cancellation because they know that I'm kind of like an E3 freak. And I was very sad. Josh E3 called freak. me the day it happened. He was checking on me to see how I was holding up. He didn't actually care, but he was getting paid to do it. So <laughs> on stream, mm-hmm. um, everyone was I worried. What I told. Yeah, it was a dark day, man. But but once it cleared up, honestly, my takeaway since then, now that the dust has settled after that original sadness and the hole in my heart that was left, um, was that. If they still do the press conferences in some way, shape, or form, which hopefully that all gets organized and comes together. A ton of them already have been. Microsoft, Ubisoft. Mm -hmm. uh, It it seems like you're going to be very safe in that department. I feel like I'd rather die than watch an Ubisoft press conference. I watch it every year, baby. That might be all we get. (laughs) Might be all we get. We're going to be so starved for conferences, I'm going to have to watch Ubisoft. What's your problem Um, with Ubisoft? Hey, look. I like Far Cry as much as the next guy, but... That's probably one of their weaker limbs for me. We're gauging their limbs now. What's their strong? What's the strongest Ubisoft limb for you? Mario versus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, mm-hmm. You're a ch- that's a cheap answer. I own know. that on vinyl. Good God, <laughs> God damn! How many vinyl drops are we gonna get here? Um, Mario, you own Mario and Rabbids on vinyl. What does N- Nintendo doesn't just... press anything? Yeah. This is the closest I could get to having Nintendo music on vinyl. Is these remixes? It's hard to get anything like. Not even just vinyl, like the soundtracks, period, are like impossible to get. From yeah. Them. Uh, I have a friend who has um some bootleg uh, Donkey Kong Country pressings. Mm-hmm. Oh man, bootleg. <laughs> that would now that's true. That would probably pull me into vinyl. I'm not gonna lie. Um, to go along with the ukulele soundtrack, of course. Can't can't miss out on that on vinyl. Um. That was a half joke, but it does have David Wise on it. I bought Banjo Kazooie this week. Oh, for the All first right. time! You never played it before, huh? No, no, no. The on vinyl. <laughs> I'm being oh, serious. God damn it, Rich! <laughs> Jesus Christ! I love the world is in peril, but you got to have those uh, that vinyl. That's true. I mean, you got to you got to be able to soothe yourself in these anxious times with the tunes of Banjo Kazooie on vinyl. It's true. It makes perfect sense. Um, anyways, what I was just getting at is that if they can do all the press conferences pretty much, uh, and we can stream them, you know, via Twitch or what have you, it, it, that would be good enough. I think it would still feel like E3 for me, especially if other people are still doing it. The, 
the show has evolved a lot. I mean, the press conferences are the thing I personally would miss out on the most and the content other people around us make. That was the big thing when I posted on our Instagram page was just think about your content creator, your favorite content creators. They're going to have a big void to fill and you're going to miss it too if you enjoy what they make. So that was a that's a big part of it because we don't go to the show. Like I didn't have tickets to go fucking travel down to California. It makes no difference to me. Um, and it's becoming a consumer-focused show like PAX. It's basically just a slightly bigger PAX, but they haven't quite figured out the sort of PAX-friendliness of it all, you know? So, um, yeah, if they can still do all the conferences, for me, that is going to be just as good. So, yeah. optimistic. <clears throat> I want to cool. stream those, man. I look forward to that. Those streams are... But, so, what did you guys feel about the whole thing uh, when it... When it uh... When he dropped the news of the can, was I the only person that cared that E three got canceled? Was uh, I the only one? Probably. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm at the point of that now. Going into like being a little bit removed from it, I wouldn't say I didn't don't care. I just, I this might be good for the show in the long term. The way I look at it now, they were shifting away and away from being a trade show into like to your credit, you just said being a more consumer friendly show. I think taking the time off to really take a step back, take a year off, look at what the show is, because when it comes back, if it comes back, it really does need to be something very different to make it worth. What can they do to make it worthwhile to the consumer? All the meetings and stuff like that, those things are still going to happen. And hopefully it continues to exist because for a lot of smaller indie devs and stuff like that, this is a time where they get the chance to meet with people that can finance their projects and things like that. And that stuff's important. Yeah. But the show really needs to change its shape and become something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad, really. I mean, that's a, as they're moving to that more consumer focused show, you know, like you said, it makes it a little less attractive because people in the media, it's more of a pain in the ass to even deal with getting on the show floor. You get a couple private meetings and stuff like that to see games, but it's just, it's a different thing. So the press conferences are really what I was clinging on to. So you're, you're right, though. Like this, it can go one of two ways, right, Shay? Like, do you see it? Do you see this year off being good for E3 long term or bad for E3 long term? I could see it both ways, to be honest with you. I, I don't really have a vested interest in E3. However, I, I could see it both ways. I could see what Rich is saying, that it could be beneficial for them. They could analyze some things that they've been doing and figure out ways to make it viable and current because I, th- I feel like there are a lot of things about E3 that feel very nineties, two thousands and it's not up with the times. And then I feel like some of the things of E3 are more current as well. I think that to take some time, step back, reanalyze what they can do to make it more modern is a great, great opportunity for them. I also think that it's going to be difficult for them to recover from this. And I think that's true of a lot of industries because I feel like a lot of industries not and events, not just E3 and not even just in video games, have kind of maintained status quo because just that's what we've done and there's no alternative. But with things completely stopping, there's going to be a lot of analysis of well, we're going to have to start this all over again from scratch or we're going to have to re like put a bunch of money and funds into getting this to start back up again and a lot of work. And it's like we, we they're going to analyze it and they're going to be like, is this worth our time and effort? And 
we look at a lot of companies that are going to be doing it online, digitally streaming it now. I think those companies are going to look and say, why are we going to invest all this extra money uh, and time into flying over there to do this when we can invest the time into just our company itself by making this content in-house, paying our people in-house and not traveling around the world or to another state, another country to do this. So yeah, it's what Rich is saying. It's not going to come back the same way, period, guaranteed. And I feel, I feel bad for the people who love E3, who live and breathe this uh, convention every year. I do feel bad for them because I know that it's exciting for a lot of people and people who get to go, that's a really fun opportunity for them. I also feel like that isn't the main concern right now. <laughs> To be honest with you, it is one of the last things I'm concerned about. E3 canceled. Okay, that makes sense. Let's move on. You know, but like, I I analyze it from the way of you being sad E3 canceled is was canceled is the same level of sadness I felt about the NBA being canceled. Yes, it makes sense. I understand it. It fucking sucks. So I get it. I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah, do you feel, I mean, do you feel about... Josh, where do you stand on this whole thing? I wanted to get your take. I mean, um, I mean, I was similar to Rich as far as the reaction to it. Like, I, I figured at this point, every there's enough online presence from, you know, Nintendo's been doing online for a while. Sony's been dabbling in it, um, a little less successfully. I feel like the models there for everyone else to kind of go, okay, we can still use this time to release you know, just announcements for everything we're planning for the next year and, and still basically get the word out in the same way, but just without the, the um, you know, the show floor sort of presence. So, like, less demos. I mean, we could even see some form of... The past of, few years have been a lot of that anyway. Yeah, yeah, some form... We could see some form of demos as far as, like, oh, the the what would have been the show floor demo will release on you know, the store for like a week or something like they could do something interesting with it. Um, so I'm, I wasn't too worried about it. I I think, I think we're resilient enough to kind of get, you know, get something impressive done without the conference yeah. conference happening. Um, so it, as far as what it looks like when it comes together, back, right? yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think it's going to change, but, whether it's, you know, an improvement or it's just kind of slowly <laughs> yeah. dying out, I, I don't know yet. But it's well, that's the thing that people always. I I'd actually I think it's a good point, Josh. Whenever I had to sit down and analyze like why I was sad, and I was like, you know what? If I really think about it, if we do the conferences, it doesn't affect me that much. I guess I was always placing myself in this fictional world where. You know, one day we would be able to go to E3 or we would grow enough to go. And the idea that by the time I get to finally get an opportunity to go to E3, it's basically just this whole different thing uh, was kind of sad, maybe psychologically. Not to mention, there's very few places in our industry where you get everyone together, like everyone from Giant Bomb, IGN, all these places that you, whoever you follow, right, generally will congregate into this tiny place. And it's just like this cool... Um, 
festival of personalities too and i just thought that was cool but those things don't really technically affect me if i'm honest you know the only thing that really affects me is the press conferences and if i could tell you morgan if like if if that is something that you're concerned because i i get that and that's legitimately something i would feel you know deep down somewhere the kind of feeling and excitement you're talking about the place i think we will eventually capture that is the possibility of one day doing like a panel at a pax or something like, yeah, as PAX the, grows, yeah, yeah. And PAX, PAX is big. PAX is a behemoth. PAX is the place, especially for the kind of thing we do at this point. That's true. Because that, that's the one thing people, I think we forget to think about when you hear people always go, every fucking time there's a post by this, I get five or six people saying E3 needs to die. E3's dead. We've joked about that on the show in the past. We've had some heated arguments, blah, blah, blah. Technically, at the very worst, E3 wouldn't die. It would just become PAX, right? It would just become... But a, then com- the argument is always like, can it survive being that thing? Because we have PAX, and PAX is such an established thing at this point. I don't know. Can there only be one? I mean, PAX is... No, no, gen- no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, it, it might be... The feeling a lot of people have, and I, I definitely did for some time, is it doesn't... I think it needs to find something else, because it doesn't need to occupy that space, because we have multiple PAXs a year that occupy that space and accomplish that thing. It needs to be something a little bit more. If it, It's if, interesting. Yeah, like, what's the draw? Why travel to E3 and not PAX? What is ex- especially when for most, like, if you're in the States, if you're in Australia, there's a PAX near you. There's a closer, more convenient version in some way or form. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, the thing I think is interesting about this pandemic with a lot of the stuff like Shay mentioned, the NBA being canceled, and they've even been discussing like putting together like a morale boosting game of some kind in safe ways because they didn't realize the effect that having no sports on television would kind of bum people out and, and stuff like that. And, and like seeing how, you know, at the beginning of the year we were having all these, uh, look, I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about it, but this sort of rumor, like sort of World War Three rumors, not necessarily like that was going to happen, but, you know, we were this horrible thing is kind of uh we have sort of a common enemy now which is just being pulling together as people and surviving um and it's interesting and then now we're weeding like potentially e3s we we look at e3 being sort of finished off by this but they might have been saved in a way because they could have had a really embarrassing year for all we know like it's interesting to see like how this is streamlining things today. I was looking on Amazon and there was movies that are in the theater that I can buy for $20 from my couch. Now it's Mm -hmm. just weird. Like how this is going to change us. Maybe our perspective on things going forward because it like, it just changes your perspective on, on a lot of those uh, situations. It's just interesting. Totally. Um, but yeah, if we can do it, if we can get the press conferences, that's all I care about. That's all I care. I want to sit down with you guys and watch the shows, and I hope. And I'm still very down for that. Still excited to do that. Oh yeah. Hopefully, they don't let us down. I, I still think Phil Spencer seems kind of like a showman. Uh, I still think he likes to be in front of the crowd. At that. He, he's good at doing it. I'm sure he will be involved in some capacity if they're doing a pre-recorded thing or a live thing. F- Phil mm. is great at being a the face of the company. Yeah. Yeah. It, we'll see what happens. It'll be a lot of fun. Be interesting to see what we do, what other people do. So stay tuned. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, especially because after that, uh, I what's funny about this shit is like that Sony, that Sony spec thing that the internet was lighting up for that really boring GDC talk that they had to give without GDC. Um, I liked it. It was li- weird, but I liked it. If you if you're a tech junkie, I I'm with you, but I'm just saying, like for most people, it's boring. It's very boring and dry. It did and- look a lot like the Death Star plans. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? Mark Cerny is that his name? Yeah. Um, 
I no, I've never heard that guy talk. Never, never heard of Mark before. Cerny. He is Very, one of Sony's lead architects. Let's put it this way: I've never seen him um, give a presentation before, and I, <laughs> I'd never want to see him give a presentation. He's a dude again. that designs console hardware. He's yes, not. He's tell. not a mouthpiece for the company. Yeah, yeah, an engineer. But what's funny about what happened was because it got canceled, that ended up being a very public thing, and it was like, as part of me was kind of smiling. I mean, look, I love my PlayStation, and I'm gonna bite that bullet every time because of the exclusives. But it kind of made me smile because it was like, oh, Sony has been kind of pulling out all this shit, and then of course GDC got canceled. So what happened? I mean, that wasn't really their fault, but they were kind of left <laughs> giving that GDC. Yeah, because that was a sort the of talk world. that. You- they made with the assumption that everyone else will translate it for the yes, public. Yes. <laughs> and instead we got it firsthand. Yeah, it became this nobody had anything else to do anyway, so everyone's watching what would have been a That's little what, GDC conference. It was double down. Everyone was double invested in it because yeah, it was just hilarious. Not only what is was the scab um revealed the wound there, but the everyone was twice as many people were staring at the wound because we had nothing better to do. So, um being all quarantined. That whole thing made me laugh. It really did. Um and yeah, and and maybe we'll we'll talk about how much you want to dig into that in the coming weeks. So we got a, totally. we got a full show as it is. Um. So yeah. So that's our E3 rundown. If you want where you stand, we are optimistic, obviously, and uh, pray for those press conferences. Um. Now I do want to say later on, I'm gonna have some information on a giveaway, a big giveaway with Animal Crossing and Doom. So you don't want to miss that. But that's a pretty good transition to get into these. Heavy hitters, how? All right, now, I know a lot of people are really excited about Doom and Animal Crossing, but I want to start with Ori, okay? And the reason I want to do that is because I know a lot of people probably don't care about Ori, but two people on this podcast do care about Ori quite a bit. Um, so I, I do care a- about it, to be fair. I just haven't had time for it. That's what my ex-girlfriend told me. No, she not- That's what mine said to me. Can you can we trans? I care about you, but I just don't have time for you. And I was like, it's I, conf- I get it's it. Confusing. I get it. It's confusing. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, I got a lot of shit going on too. It's relationships nowadays. Um. So, but yeah, I did a poll this week. Uh, we're gonna talk about polls later, but just for it fits right here very nicely. I was just curious what the general feel in the public is towards something like Ori. You know, it's. I can barely pronounce the name, so obviously, even though I'm an idiot, um, but I was generally just curious, <laughs> like, what is this Ori thing? People, you know, how do they feel about it? Does anybody care? And it was, it was right in the middle. It was tepid. It was about 50% on the scientific slider. Um, some of our more hardcore patrons were messaging me like, I'm surprised. Why don't people care about Ori? Uh, Shay, you've almost finished it. You really enjoyed the last story. You seem to be enjoying this one. Why, I mean, like, I want to get your opinion on the game, but, like, why do you think people, like, why do you think there's kind of a tepid response to to this game i think that it's just on the cusp of other games that are more popular coming out is part of it for sure because obviously everyone's been talking about animal crossing a large amount of people have been talking about doom and ori released a week before that so it's going to be hard pressed to fight those two juggernauts first and foremost Second, I think that Metroidvania-style games and platformer-style games are niche to begin with, unless we're talking about Mario. Mario's always going to be the big draw there, but other than Mario, I think those games are a little bit more niche, and it's going to be difficult to kind of fight against that. Um, Do you mean like Metroid? Sorry, do you mean like Metroid or... 
But Mario wouldn't really be a Metroidvania per se. I said Metroidvania and platformers is what I said. Mario's oh Metroidvania and platformers. Okay, got, sorry, we got a little lag there. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So in th- those games, I kind of pretty much th- there is a difference there, but I put them pretty much hand in hand. They're pretty much right next to each other in terms of subgenres or genres. They're very similar in a lot of ways. They're also different in some ways, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. But anyways, I think that with um, it being an indie game, I think there's just a lot of things that are going to make it to where people aren't necessarily going to sit down right away and play it. I don't think that necessarily means that people are not interested in the game at all. I think they're just maybe not interested right now. Yeah, kind um, of a they're, cult, they're, cult audience, cult following. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that it's going to be a little bit more of a cult following anyways. We look at something like Hollow Knight, which is regarded by a lot of people as a very good game, but also the average player isn't going to go out and play that game versus something like Animal Crossing, where the average gamer is going to make sure that they buy that because that game is so appreciated and so loved so i Man, i think that's, that's a, the ma- say major that. thing we should, right there we should well that's my fault i asked you i'm so sorry i was just gonna say we should pocket that because that was that almost was leading me into like topic of the show stuff i'm like man metroidvanias i just wanted I was just thinking about like how like hollow knight was an excellent game obviously and like that's sort of like the genre that josh is always funding on kickstarter that will do incredibly well on kickstarter but it will it will sell like eh. but they, they you know they have that really passionate fan base that will it's it's interesting. I was just kind of going down that that little brainwave. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, we could pocket that. Um, yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I think like the whole Hollow Knight thing kind of leads into this game because, as I'm sure Josh will attest to, this game has taken so much inspiration from Hollow Knight and some of the other Metroidvania style games as compared to the first one. Like the first one was kind of its own thing in some ways a little bit uh it was a little bit samey compared to some of the other games but a lot of it was i think set itself apart and delving into will of the wisps it took a ton of inspiration from its predecessors and i'm sure the games that it took some mechanics and some hints from those games were probably influenced by Ori as well in some regards. Uh, last year I played this game called Seasons After Fall, and that game was definitely influenced by Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, for example, I think a lot of the uh, Metroidvania-style games have been really influenced by Ori just due to art style, due to um, some of its more modern-esque takes on the mechanics. But yeah, this game it's totally taken a ton of a ton of inspiration from games like hollow knight for sure oh well Um, josh yeah you that's a good point shay and i think goes into what i was gonna ask josh josh you said it's a lot more combat focused this time around right yeah yeah the uh the first game was really kind of built around a mechanic like you you had uh i mean there's more than one mechanic in the game but like the big thing was the uh you know, what's what's uh, rebound i think it's called rebound in the game I can, anyway it's essentially um i just remember the combat being really passive in the first well, one yeah like it that was kind of the main the main 
all of it, the, the platforming, the combat, all of it was built around this mechanic where um, you can deflect any projectiles coming at you and shoot yourself in the opposite direction. Um, oh, yes. weird. Okay. Which is really cool. It was really focused. They made some of the best platforming ever. Uh, because it was really, really focused on that one thing. There was, you know, they that had a couple thing, things yeah. going on, you know, outside of that. But that was that was the crux of the whole thing. Kind of like, you know, yes, um, you know, like Celeste or something. Yeah, they take, sort of like, like Celeste. Just like yeah, where it's like, like okay, we're, we're doing this one thing, and we're gonna do it. This really is the well. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it worked better for platforming than for combat in the first one. Um, because because of that, basically all the enemies were ranged enemies, so they could throw stuff at you. Not all of them. Like, you had another, you had other attacks, but they kind of sucked. You had, like, a yeah. homing missile yeah, and, sure. like, a general melee. Um, and, so, yeah, like, the combat was weak in the first one because they were really focused more on the platforming, and um, the combat that was better was, you know, the stuff that, would let you deflect stuff back and use the 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 systems that were just more fleshed out. Um, this one essentially, the... you're fine. Did, you're fine it didn't really add a lot of new traversal options. Uh, okay, there, there are more, um, but as far as like a new, this is the thing. There, there's there's not that. It's still um, a lot of is a lot of it is still based around the original set of moves that you had from the first game. Um, mostly, mostly, they, they like, added there are a couple the grapple, changes here and there, which was one. Yeah, um, they, that's. I mean, that's the really only major change there. I mean, they included pretty much everything else. They just made it more fluid, which is the best part about it. Like, it feels better in some ways to traverse in this game because they added that grapple and because. They already had the template there, so they were able to polish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying the first. I like I said, I only played two hours just so I could talk about it with you guys, because uh, I have kind of a Metroidvania fatigue. I did get into Hollow Knight. I beat like half of Hollow Knight, and I really enjoyed it. But I think eventually, so uh, Metroidvania games, I love them, especially as a kid. But they're a lot of work. <laughs> I don't make that sound like I'm lazy because yeah. I have like 300 hours and like trying to platinum death stranding is like a psychopath but there are a lot of work like you'll go down one corridor travel 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 surviving like okay i can't go through here yet let me go all the way back see if there's another way travel that way you know it's mm-hmm. they're kind of a pain in the ass um yeah you there's less the world in this game is significantly significantly smaller than than hollow knight um really okay yeah. significantly hollow knight was, yeah surprisingly huge wasn't um, it um yeah. That's true of the first one, too, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Generally, you know where you're going. There were, like, a couple spots where they don't really flesh it out, and you kind of have to figure it out on your own. Um, you know, I was, I was saying there was not a lot of new traversal. There is a lot of new traversal, but it's not, like, general platforming. They have a bunch of weird stuff, like... Um, digging through dirt and stuff like that but it's like kind of i love that i do too i love it but it's, it's kind of quarantined <laughs> off in its own sort of thing like oh is there dirt then you can do this thing um instead of just oh you always have access to this movement option um, is that the desert thing because i heard a lot of people talking about the traversal in the desert yes area dude being amazing yes it's, it's amazing awesome yeah. dude i got to it last night um i've been trying to f- <laughs> Excuse me. I've been trying to figure out where to go 
Um, because like I have so many side missions all at the same time. So I'm like, where the fuck am I supposed to go? I ended up in the desert area last night and it was, it was interesting. It was kind of a slight steep learning curve. Um, not like it wasn't very difficult to figure out. It was, it was a little bit like I had to pay attention to what I was doing, but yeah, the, the digging mechanic in this game is phenomenal because you can you can control it pretty well within the in the sand and the dirt i was surprised at how how quickly i could turn and how i could control myself and when you come out of the dirt if you boost yourself you actually launch yourself into the air and if you're near anything that you can grapple or you can rebound off of that's going to make it even better and on top of that with your floating feather there's so much you can do in terms of traversal and they have these little uh suspended dirt or sand balls that eventually you have to use the boost to boost yourself up to near that range rebound off of that and then shoot yourself even further and it just Man, I fucking I loved that segment. I I was doing that last night. I was having so it, much fun. And it, looks it was like so different. I was watching a video else. on it. It looks kind of like like when you look at it an really ant cool. farm, like from yeah. the side of an ant it's farm. Like it looks burrowing. like Yeah, yeah. But it looks like it's there's not glass there, but because it's a 2D game, it looks like yeah. you're looking at an ant farm it's, through it's glass. Through, through your perspective, <laughs> yeah, which is neat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of similar to that. It just one thing that and it kind of leads into other, uh, you know, I'll do that later, but yeah, just the, the traversal in this game definitely significantly improved. And one other thing I do want to say is I don't remember this being in the first game. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but they added fast travel into this game. Was that not in the first game, Josh, or was it? I don't remember it being in the there first game. There was fast game. travel there, in the first yeah, one. Yeah, there was fast travel between like the zones. Um, were you able like to like found, anywhere you areas. were at? Mm-hmm. Where anywhere you were at, you were able to. Okay, I didn't remember I that being in the first. No, no, no. Was, I think it was like just from fountain to fountain. Fountain to or, fountain. So it was just between fountain points. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like you couldn't. Okay, just, well, in yeah. This one, in this one, they've opened it up to where you can like you can be standing in the middle of nowhere, and as long as you're on solid footing, you can just transport back to one of those uh, fountains, and that has helped me significantly because yeah. in this game because of the fact that they've opened up the world a little bit and they've kind of followed in the footsteps of hollow Knight and some of these other metroidvania games that you are doing a ton of backtracking in this game to find secrets like the the life seeds or the energy seeds uh when you get certain abilities you get greater access to some of these different hidden secret items and so you do have to do some backtracking and because of that this ability to warp to basically any of the fountains from, wherever, from any yeah. point in the map helps tremendously yeah mm-hmm. i i will say in the two hours i played uh the combat did feel really good like the feel I, i'm big on game feel and i think that the the game i'm big on has, mouthfeel yeah it's like mouthfeel but i just i really for me connect with games or even if I don't connect with them, I guess like I'm always in tune to like how they feel to play. And I know that can be all perspective and subjective and all that shit, but I feel like this game has a really good, like feel to the character movement, the flow, the animation, like it just has good game feel. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent yes. game feel. I would say. Yes. So, it's which, honestly, know. it's, 
I haven't felt a game this smooth playing. I mean, Hollow Knight was pretty damn smooth. But uh, for some reason, I feel like this game is probably one of the smoothest games I've ever played. Um, and it feels like on par with the first time that we all played Super Meat Boy. Because I remember just the level of what we could do in that game for the time was just so incredible. And it feels like with this game, it just has that level of polish in the movement and combat. You know, I was playing on stream last weekend and uh, Josh and Matt gave me shit for not having the heavy attack. And I was like, oh, I don't need it. But, you know, I'll trust you guys and I'll go buy it. And they were completely right, because when you're using the heavy attack or even the light attack, you kind of float in the air as you're using those attacks. You like slowly descend, but you you have enough ability while you're kind of suspended in air in animation to attack and kill a creature in midair. And once you quit swinging, then you float back down to the ground or you fall back down to the ground. But just the way they made that floatiness while you're attacking so you can attack things while you're in midair actually kind of reminds me of Castle Crashers in some way now that I'm thinking about it. But hmm. it just makes the combat so much more fluid and it makes traversal more fluid because you could be, you know, grappling and then you're floating with your feather and then you just go straight into combat with the way uh, the fluidity, fluidity of this game works. It's, yeah, it's so fucking fluid yeah. this game the the floating when you're attacking midair is nice because it cuts down on an awful lot of jumping up just for the sake of killing an enemy and then redoing the jump because there's no way you can make it to where you're going you do an awful lot of going to make a jump killing something on your way and then still landing where you wanted to land in the first place which feels yes. really good yeah. It's cool. That's cool. That's I was asking them, uh, Rich, when you took off uh to use the gentleman's quarry that um like why maybe our um is he, was he digging up men? <laughs> That's what? what I was really confused about. <laughs> you said quarry. <laughs> uh, well, I know, I, 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 you keep using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. It it does. Well chaps, like, he, he hit a, I've he done hit a natural deposit of seven bruh. gentlemen. I have used it wrong for so long. I just like it a lot. Um, I'm trying to remember the. You thought a quarry word. was a bathroom? <laughs> I'm trying to no. I'm trying to remember what the actual word. I'm, I'll find the actual word I'm looking for in a second. Um, but I was just asking, like, no, 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 no. It's. A, <laughs> I, I don't even know. It's probably not going to make any sense. I think the word I was thinking of is like a congregational area, like where a bunch of people get together, um, like a quad. I don't know. I don't Because I wouldn't pee there either. <laughs> a gentleman's no, quad? Yeah. That sounds very sexual. <laughs> I'm here for the orgy, guys. We, we gotta make it quick. Hey, I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm but... here to fuck. <laughs> the gentleman's quad. Um, mm. uh, so I was asking why they thought maybe the... Because I did a poll and it just seemed like our audience was kind of tepid on or You know, maybe it's it's more of a... I know it's technically on PC, but it's Microsoft exclusive sort of thing you know no, it's Actually, on everything so no it's on oh. ps4 it's on oh. switch well then i Actually, don't know. it might not it might not be on ps4 but it is on switch May, do you have a do you have a theory on maybe why there because I, I feel like the reviews are there people that like there's the passion impassioned people like shay and josh but i just feel like this far the larger scale uh, reception um, do you think it's a genre thing um 
it could be. It very well could be. I, I can't think of a really good reason why people aren't interested. I, it's a great game. Uh, time willing, I, I would encourage anyone to uh, to dive into Ori to the first yeah. one or this one. Um, I mean, the only thing I can think of is just time because, yeah, I don't know how. Well, There's a lot of game, games happening. Yeah, there are a lot. We, of games we all have right so now. much time now. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I think I think it's gonna be more of a slow burn sort of a thing. Like, there's no reason you need to play it at release. Um, so I'm playing I, I, it on my Switch, and I just kind of like lay down in bed at night sometimes, and I'll play it like an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're missing all the visual mastery if you're doing it on Switch, buddy. It's just like one of the best looking games you can get. Period. It doesn't so, require any hardware go. to get it to look like that. You know, it looks fantastic on the Switch. On a it's, Switch? Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you think no that your computer is doing to make it look? It, it's a very minimalist game. I'm playing this on a Xbox One X, not playing on the computer. And Josh, I've seen third-party games. The Xbox One X we're we're going to have this computer. argument again. It's uh, going to have this argument the again. Case that Microsoft made. Uh, <laughs> you're going to compare the Switch to an Xbox One X, Josh? Do we really have to do this? Yeah, I um, am I, because there's literally nothing it has to do. There's no heavy lifting in this game. There's no heavy lifting. I didn't it's know not, you engineered it's this It's not game. a taxing game at all. Okay. I don't believe it. Not even for a second, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you broken uh, Josh. Are you going to tell me like one of the best looking games that's in, in a long while looks just as good on the Switch? There's it, just no way. It's not a taxing game by any stretch. It's It, it looks, looks good because yeah. of its art design. Yeah, like, um, well, sorry, where were you, where were you going before we, I don't want this to splinter down that road again. I don't know. Where, I got where really were you going? Derailed. Where were you going with that though? I wasn't before... going anywhere. I was saying I play it in bed on my switch. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was horrified. <laughs> gotcha. Um, it is going to be lower resolution ooh. there because the screen isn't bigger than, you know, whatever it is, 720p or whatever. But I just, I, I, Shutter. I turn the volume down anyway and just put the vinyl on my record player. <laughs> <laughs> we turn the, well, yeah, I would turn the sound down too. I'm not a big fan of the music in this game, really. Really? What? Because you're a fucking moron? Like, what? What? <laughs> this is one of the best soundtracks of the year. You've officially broken Josh. For sure. Uh, no, it's I didn't so good. Fuck. It's not, I didn't think it was bad by any means. It's just, it, I don't know. It just bad enough to turn like, the sound down. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't turn the sound down. I I didn't turn the sound down. Okay, um, yeah. You know, he he knew it was a banger before before the rest of the world was even calling it a banger. Oh, Josh, Josh, <laughs> I got it, I got it. It's Josh, it's because it's Sorry because boys, this one the slaps. soundtrack didn't have Bring Me the Horizon. It didn't have three layers of soundtrack, which is why this one isn't doing it for him. That probably that would have been great actually. I want to see Bring Me the Horizon on the Ori soundtrack. Um, no, oh, it just, I guess, fucking it, shit. <laughs> it, look, I know you guys, I knew you guys are going to get upset about this. It's fine, but it's just like a little too generic for me. It just wasn't doing it for me. Here, here's um, what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say, Morgan. The beginning of the game, the opening music, I mean, not, not the intro, but like the first area's music is decent. It's fairly generic. It's fairly okay. But because of the fact that you only play two hours, you missed so many tracks that are fucking phenomenal. When you get to the big hub area where everyone kind of sits and hang out with like all the Moki and the other creatures, the music in that is phenomenal. Uh, the, the dirt area, the sand area that we were talking about, music's phenomenal. 
the part where you encounter Shriek. The music in this game is absolutely gorgeous and amazing. Well, that's true. I mean, the and only I, stuff I saw was I, the beginning, and I'm most sorry of that, to let you down. You know, I'm sorry to let you down, Morgan, but I just checked my notes, and it says right here that this shit slaps. <laughs> <laughs> It slaps. Maybe it slaps eventually. I don't know. I'm not condemning the whole thing. I'm just saying what I heard was Dude, just it's good. It's really good. It's really, really good. It's, it's good one of the, the best beginning. parts about the game, actually. Yeah. And that's and that's there's so many good things about this game, and it's it's hard for me to say that because like the mechanics are by far my favorite part of this game, but the music is fucking top. Everyone, you, everyone use your stimulus checks to buy it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> for real. For real, no. But the the music in this game, yeah, that it's phenomenal. I love. One of the things I was gonna say was, uh, I love that the areas in this game feel a lot more varied than the first one. Um, I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from this game is like each area as it blends into another feels so natural and like you're in a sand area okay that feels natural and then you kind of segue into this like dying decaying area but in between that there's this area where it's slight it is transitioning it is a small area they have these little areas that transition into the bigger Mm -hmm. more important areas and it feels very natural and it it's able to accentuate the the artwork and the beauty within um, what what they've done uh, graphically, so to speak, and it just it's amazing what how many areas that they were able to compile in this game, and for it all to feel natural and to segue into each other, and that paired along with the music creates the vibe of each area you're in damn near perfectly. The the yeah. part that I was talking about earlier, and this is actually, I'll let Josh go into this. Uh, one of his favorite characters in this game, Shriek, the vibe is just so eerie when you go into that area because you look, I mean, it's a 2D style game, but they're able to trick you with, um, oh, fucking, I forget the, the art name, perspective. They trick you with the perspective of you look back and you just look behind shriek as you see shriek for the first time and there's just death and decay and barrenness behind this creature and the music paired along with the visuals just fills you with the mood that they're trying to convey there Mm -hmm. yeah that section basically all all the i was gonna say all the really dark sections are done really well that the the um Moldwood depths with where all the spiders are is also like they also get across that feeling really well, but they they get across the feeling well in all the zones like the uh, like the mountain like the the frozen mountain area. Um, yes, also has like really good music that just kind of it it gets across what they're what they're trying to you know trying to do really well. Um. It sounds a yeah. lot more varied just the, from what I've been hearing people talk about than the first game, which is nice. Is. That's and refreshing. The, yeah. The lead into a lot of these areas is incredible, too. Like, you're not just thrust into this dark, decayed area. You talk to, like, one of the Mokis, and they're like, you need to be careful. They're building up the suspense very well. And I think that's one thing that they that they clearly chose to do that 
benefits the game so well. They have these little creatures kind of filling you in about each area and it doesn't feel annoying. Like it feels like they're letting you know, Hey, be careful. Or they're giving you hints. Like, uh, what Josh is talking about with the ice mountain, there's a smoky up there and he's like, I try to get past this creature, but and I try to tickle him, but the, the creature didn't feel it. Maybe I need something, you know, a little bit more, potent or stronger essentially and you walking in and the music kind of dies down and then you hear this like loud grunting slash snoring and you're like oh what the fuck and the lighting of the the visuals just changes and you're like oh what's what the fuck is about to happening or what's about to happen and you're going in there and it's a massive sleeping bear and you're like oh fuck like if i fuck with this creature i'm about to die or get eaten and I won't spoil everything that happens in that scene. I mean, it's not much to spoil there, but I still won't spoil it. But just the way they build up that suspense with having these little foil characters kind of filling you in with the way they've changed the lighting and the visuals as each section transitions, the music, it's all just masterfully done. And at first I wondered, like, why would they take five years to make a sequel? to this game because it seems like they don't need that long and then you notice those things where like they put so much time and effort into every little piece and you're like okay i get it and i'm and so so much polish from the sound of it there's so much polish in this game yeah there is except yeah i'll I'll, I'll go into that in a minute yeah they they do have a few bugs kind of unique to each platform that have kind of cropped up here and there like um from what I've been hearing, apparently Xbox can just crash. Like, just the whole game Naturally. can crash. Um, it stutters, and it gets to the point where it will completely just crash your Xbox. It stutters on me every time yeah. I play it. It just doesn't and have the hardware points. to really... It just but doesn't Josh have the power of the Switch. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, but Josh said it wasn't labor-intensive, but it's crashing your Xbox. Yeah. Well, but that has nothing that to do not with the performance. That has to do with some sort of bug because that's a unique bug to the xbox um or the crashes uh on pc there are some audio glitches um like whenever it loads in a new file where it'll it'll make like a buzzing sound while it's loading in the new audio it's like that's kind of the major pc bug um there's also a weird bug when you like try to um bounce off of a, a projectile while you're swimming um where it uh like it, it it messes with the variable for for your location um sometimes and you can end up moving yourself instead of just the cursor whenever you're interesting trying going to bounce off of something um but yeah like minor things like that the the uh, the audio one is like um annoying because the music is so good but doesn't yeah. really do anything like the, doesn't affect gameplay yeah the yeah. only thing that really affected the gameplay was that one you know while you're swimming thing and uh other than that it runs just fine Great. i don't yeah. know the situation on the switch but uh, i've not heard anyone talking about it crashing um, nor have i and I, I haven't played enough to speak uh like you know at length about that or like really be informed about that mm. but um it's not like I hear my fans running like there's no tomorrow while that game is going, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> That's they, fair. Uh, they had the, a. I did have some one, really cool. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. You're fine. Go for it. The last thing I wanted to say about this is that it is like, and this is full disclosure because I have been so high on this game and I've loved this game so much and I've heaped so much praise onto it. I will say that the Xbox bug is egregious and it's come to the point to where a few times I've almost quit playing the game because I'm in the middle of a fight and I'm trying to do a rebound or I'm trying to shoot a projectile like Josh is saying, and then my game freezes up. And each time it doesn't freeze up for the same amount of time. You know, sometimes it freezes up for two seconds. Sometimes it freezes up for five seconds. Sometimes it freezes up for 10 seconds. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, my muscles are tensed. I'm like glued to my screen and I'm like, all right, when's the ball going to drop? Okay, there we go. And sometimes it's fucked me completely in a combat um, or in combat. And that's not entirely acceptable. And if the world wasn't where it's currently at, I would probably be a lot harsher on it than I currently am being right now. And I'm sure like some of those bugs can be probably fixed at home. But at the same time, being a human being, I understand that probably not a developer's first um, focus right now is, oh, well, you know, the world's crumbling around me, but I better fix this bug right now. So I'm more understanding yeah. right now. I totally get it. Um, but it's something that hopefully here within the coming months, if the world starts getting back to some semblance of more normalcy, that they look at that hopefully sooner than later and fix mm -hmm. both bugs on each system because yeah it's especially with the the freezing and eventual shutting down of the xbox uh that that's that yeah, can't they, happen they need to, and especially with a game that isn't that, that taxing. especially yeah because yeah just crashes in general are big enough things that i'm hoping that doesn't last for more than another week or so before they're finally able to get that one patched but um really as as completely smooth as the first one was i i'm expecting i didn't i didn't play that one on did i play that on release i can't remember if i did or not but either way um i know it runs completely perfectly now just from having played it more recently so i'm hoping it doesn't take them too long to get all these kinks worked out so Agreed. um that's what uh, Time Lord Burrito said. After some big glitch issues, I've really enjoyed this. Still surprised by the audio and performance itches, which are weird. Um, by the way, I this week I just had people chime in on uh, the three major games we were talking about instead of our question of the week. Okay. Um, and I had a bunch of just random comments. Most of them are very kind. There's one really funny one. Um, Kane Dietzel said, I am loving my time with this gorgeous game and... Marcel Arabi said, holy shit, it's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. The Reverend Rock and Roll, our good friend and patron, said, it's just as boring and up its own ass as the first one. So, <laughs> Rev, I love you, but goddamn, is that such a stupid comment. I love you, buddy, but that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I love you, you big dummy. And I can say that because I'm, fr I'm friends with him, so I know, I know. Wait, him. that was Look. a comment about Death Stranding, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Josh already called me a moron, Red, so yeah. it's par for the course. Don't worry. Um, uh, but uh, Crumpkey said, beautiful game, but not for me. I'd throw my controller constantly if I played it. Assuming. Fair enough. I don't think that... I don't know. 
I think because they do have more options for traversal, it, it's not as strict as the first one was. Um, no. The first one could feel In annoyingly ways, punishing at yeah, that, like, bits. Well, a, a, very punishing. B, it had that awkward save mechanic where you choose where to save. Whereas I hated that this so much. one, oh, you just have a checkpoint. Yeah, like you're, it's usually not too far ago. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that checkpoint system just, is very yeah. generous in this game. Yeah. Um, for what generous. it's worth, on my Xbox One X, I didn't have any. I mean, I only played a couple hours, but I didn't have any performance issues. Yeah. I don't know if there's. It a may be a memory X. leak, if I had to guess, because it sounds like it, the hitching gets worse and worse until it just crashes. So it may be just something with the whatever the you know. Whatever they've got going in there, it's some sort of leak. It just gets worse over time. A lot of people just said pretty, pretty, pretty. This mm. one guy said, this game is gorgeous. I can't imagine being crazy enough to get this on the Switch. That would be a complete waste of time. Yeah, one guy that, said um, that. I, that was, I heard him. That was Dano6969. <laughs> so. um, no, <laughs> Dano322 said, pretty. Our good friend Jeffrey said, it looks cool, plays awful on Steam. Which is un- unfortunate. Zombie Roll hmm. said, "Of our new patrons, ignore the world problems and make beautiful Ori type art." Um, good stuff. Kurtman Two K Twenty said, "I have Game Pass. Looking forward to it, but I got to get through the first one. It's been five years. You got to get on it, man. Get on it." Yep. I'm just ticking. Uh, last one. Fail at everything said probably my game of the year so far. Uh, beautiful visuals, music, story, and a damn good platformer. I will say this. I'm glad you guys are passionate about it because, like, if I if I wasn't talking to you guys, I probably would have just played the first two hours and been like, eh, it's yeah, it's very pretty and it feels good. But it, I wasn't really – I kind of felt like the audience did. It wasn't really clicking with me, and I think that – Hearing you guys talk about how much more interesting it gets, like with the giant bear and like the flow and everything, kind of, I'll, I'll definitely want to return to it to check it out, um, especially because you can get it on Game Pass. It was just, I think that the the connection point for me was just being a little fa- fatigued with Metroidvanias, and then I'm not a big fan of the like whatever the Ori is, like the look of the Ori and the look of the the people and stuff like that. The Ori. Like, the you know the little what is it like a little fox I don't know what it is it's like a fox person a being white. of light it's a luminescent thing I don't know yeah it just looks stupid to me but um I don't like the character designs really I don't like the little bird but I think the world itself looks amazing so yeah I didn't whenever I my biggest fear was like is when I put it down I was like I didn't feel strongly one way or the other I was just like it's a game that exists it's here and if I never touched it again I'd be fine but. Um, after hearing how, you know, excited you guys are about it, it sounds like there's a lot more to it. So, um, no, I will say this, Morgan, if you, if you sit down and play it again and you kind of power through it, you're going to find yourself enjoying it a lot more because of the mechanics. Um, the mechanics will draw you into this game for sure. You personally guaranteed, because you're going to start doing things that you're like, Oh fuck, I can do that. And it's going to draw you in guaranteed because that's what, that's what happened with me with the first game. The first game, I was like, oh, I, I don't I don't get all the hype in this game. It's a beautiful game. It's fine. And then as I got a little bit further, I started doing the rebounding stuff and the floating and the double jumps. I was like, damn, I can do that. And it's it's yeah, whatever yeah. you could the do in the one, first definitely. one. They expand that so much more in the second one. You're going to you're going to play much. it and mechanically you're going to be like, what the fuck am I like? How am I doing this shit? And that's. 
That's the beauty of this game. One of the beautiful things about this game. One of the many beautiful things. Yeah, I hope so. I think it's a good thing to come back to. Like, I think my mind was just, you know, this happens, like, you're not in a good mental state for certain things. And, like, I don't yeah. think I was really yeah. in the mood for whatever they were dropping at this juncture. But when things quiet down, um, like, because there was, like, that, and there was things that gave me hope. Like, the, I mean, God, if we could ever get a Metroid game that looked this good, I would be in heaven. Um, but that'll never happen. So, <laughs> it'll never fucking happen. Sadly, um, the one th- the one last. But thing yeah, no, I'll there say- was a, one cool oh, thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, you're fine. Go ahead. And, I gotta let my cat in the window. So go ahead and give us your one last thing. Yeah, this is the last thing I do want to say about this game is that when I've been while I've been playing this game, I've found myself having that same feeling of like growing up in the PS1, SNES slash Sega Genesis era of gaming where just everything was creative and everything was taking these risks and nothing looked like each other. And it just felt like, like there was this boom of games because, you know, people were able to do things that they had never been able to do before. And because of that, we had all these creative IPs. We had all these creative character designs and storylines and these set pieces, everything. And this game really, for me, harkens back to that period because I, it's kind of funny that Morgan said that he didn't like a lot of the character designs in this game because I found a lot of the character designs, even the enemy designs are really unique. Like they kind of resemble something, but also they're their own unique thing. You have these hopping enemies that are kind of like grasshoppers, but they also look like their own unique thing at the same time you have these big brutish ogres but they also kind of look like trolls and a little bit of something else like these character designs in this game are so creative and it just it really makes me feel like a kid playing games again where just every game was just creative and unique and crazy and out there and it it's a great feeling that i don't feel like for me personally, in this day and age, I get that feeling near as much as I did when I was a kid. And part of that is perspective. And part of that is also because where I think we're at in gaming, where uh, you have to dig a little bit more to find those games that make you feel that way again. I would say to anyone who is even remotely interested in this game, or, you know, has some kind of an interest, but you know, it's like, oh, well, Animal Crossing is out, Doom Eternal is out, Final Fantasy VII's coming out in a few weeks, Resident Evil 3 Remake is coming out in a few weeks. Circle back to this game later in the year. I promise you, you will like this game, at least in some way, shape, or form. This game is, I'm, I'm guaranteeing it now. It's definitely going to be in my top five by the end of the year. It's an amazing, oh, amazing you game. You can't do that. You're already guaranteeing top fives. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, the one thing I regret about my first playthrough was not just starting it on hard. Because I'm going to have to go back and play through it again on hard. Like, right away. So. That, and that's, I think that's why it's been taking me a little bit longer to beat the game. Is because I am playing it on, hard? it on hard. I did, yeah. Uh. I've been playing it on hard. So there, there are certain segments that are pretty, like, noticeably 
I, I feel like, okay, this part would be much easier if I set the difficulty to normal, but it's fairly grueling. Like, there's this one part in the sand area where you're trying to evade the lasers as they're turning and you're having you're doing the digging in the sand. Do you remember that part, Josh? Mm-hmm. That part is freaking hard. Um, on hard, coincidentally. Yeah, they, so, they intentionally make sure that those lasers are not going at a speed where you can, like, yeah just kind of time it well like you've got to do other stuff to and it's it's kind of yeah awkward yeah yeah um and like the cool combat trains and stuff is, like that uh, <laughs> yeah oh sorry one cool thing sorry. on a no you're fine on a on a final note one cool thing is that the the guy who made um am2r which was like a fan-made uh metroid game that got taken down by nintendo he actually got a job working as like I believe the level designer for this for Moon Studios or whatever the fuck they're yeah. called. Yeah. AM2R was the fan-made remake of uh Metroid 2. Yeah, so that's kind of a cool story that they liked his work so so much cuz Nintendo's always stomping around shutting that shit down which pisses me off. Well, to be fair, Nintendo had a very uh specific reason for a leaping on shutting AM2R down, which was little known to us in the middle of that release they were working on a remake of Metroid 2. Yeah. Yeah, and theirs sucked. So <laughs> it was not as good as that. Yeah. Um it was still a good it was still a fun Metroid game. I would have rather played his, honestly. I'm kind of sad. The combat but, was I really mean, good, but it was I did play his. It wasn't a really good sorry, I was still talking about the oh, remake yeah, yeah. Oh, of two. Fine, fine. Yeah, the combat was really good, but the mm. it's it's not really a Metroidvania. You just kinda walk in a in a big circle and then uh, you get back to your ship and you leave. Yeah, it's a nice walk. Go go for a nice walk. I mean, it's Just a remake of a Game Boy game. Yeah, exactly. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you play the AM2R though? You said Rich was it yes. pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, it uses a lot of the art from Metroid Fusion. Um, so it's got oh, a, nice it's got a great look, look to it. I love Metroid Fusion. Mm-hmm. I love all the Metroid games. I don't think there's a Metroid game I don't like except the third. What about the other M? Game. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorites. He's Why? a poor, confused man. <laughs> So under Why, what happened the Ninja to you? Gaiden people? Who's, like Ninja who's making you say that? <laughs> it was a dark time in my life, Rich. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just, <laughs> I don't want to dig that. I'm telling you, if you go back and play that game, you will appreciate it more now. God damn it. I don't think I will. Time has been kind. <laughs> no, it has. I don't no, think it, it has. I have no idea. It's been like. God, fifteen years? No, not fifteen years. I should go back. I should go play it just so I can come back next week and be like, you know what? You were right. It's worse. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I look. I'm not have time to get into it right now, but there was a lot of backlash for that game that I felt like it was a little bit. It deserved the backlash that it got for kind of the sexualization of um, Samus, but I feel like that kind of bled over into people have taking a negative attitude in the, to the game, and I'll stick to that opinion. You remember that? Con- you remember that controversy where they like showing Samus's butt in all the cutscenes and all that stuff? And I just remember the game not being fun. Uh-huh. I think we played a different game then. Uh, maybe you played Metroid Prime Hunters. Those turret cool. segments were oh, so really? good. Oh, really? I like Prime Hunters. The you multiplayer was really Hunters. good. Oh God, we could do this all day, Rich. Let's just name games we like the other person doesn't. <laughs> just do this for three hours, and Josh can jump in, and Shay can jump in too. Have you guys um, ever played Saga Frontier? I've heard it's cancer, but I liked it. We we gave it a Which good shot. PlayStation game. 
Uh, Rich yeah. loves all RPGs. I'm sure he's playing. Yeah, it. all RPGs are good, pretty much. <laughs> does it have turn-based combat? All right, it sure does. I'm in. Rich would probably love. You've have you ever played that game? I you I, haven't, have you? No. Oh my god! Even Rich hasn't played it. He's played everything. What the fuck? I. It's one of those ones, though. To be perfectly fair with you. It's on my list of things I do need to get around to because I actually am pretty sure I would love it. It made the Japanese uh, it, PlayStation uh, Classic, which is kind of funny. It doesn't hold up as well as Other M. <laughs> I won't say this. I will say this. The, o- the only way I discovered this game was one day I went to a pawn shop. And this was like, I think I was still in junior high school or high school no i was in high school and i just got this whim i was like i had just got in my car and i was able to drive around and i was like you know i want to stop at a pawn shop and see what games they have you know like that was that was the kind of uh small city i lived in like that was that was the level of pleasure i would have to access to and i just sure. walked into this pawn shop and they had this game called saga frontier and they didn't have any inside booklet to it but the back looked like a like an old school RPG game and it was two dollars and I was like eh fuck it I I work at Dairy Queen I can afford this put it on the tab you know like something like that and I just picked it up (laughs) yeah and I brought it home and I played it and uh (laughs) this is gonna be funny uh I uh put on my Christian rock album that I was listening to (laughs) At the time, and I was one. This is band. This is band that they used to be my favorite band. They're actually a really good band. Uh, they're called Falling Up. <laughs> if that, that's any indication, but um, no, I put on my Christian rock album and I played this game and I was addicted to it for like a good month. But I, Rich, I think you'd like it somewhat. Uh, I could see it being like more in the middle of the road between me and Josh, where Josh thinks. Josh is generous with his uh, criticisms of the game because he knows it hurts. <laughs> he knows it hurts me deep within my heart. But I think you'd be kind of middle of the road. Really, like, oh, it's fairly fun. It's definitely doesn't hold up super well, but like, it's there's definitely some fun to be had. And that's all I'll say about it. All right. Yeah, it's tough without nostalgia because like he has a lot of nostalgia for that game, and it's it's hard to see like it's hard to like to step away sometimes and like see the game without the nostalgia like for all of us i'm not like saying that specifically for shay so i have i mean he has a lot of love and yeah. affinity and nostalgia for it so it's but you know it did make the japanese playstation classic that wasn't a joke it was real it really yeah, did. yeah no so i it, think it was a big deal to enough people yeah i think i think yeah i think having played it back in the day it would make a big difference because the issue was the intro like they they've got a bunch of different characters that you can pick from and they're of varying quality and also you don't have any idea what the over you know like what what the it big picture starts. is it just kind of happens and you're uh, picking blind and oh, then you might and, get and you can wander in the first area i wandered into a place where you could get one hit killed and i was like shay what the fuck is this game why <laughs> did you give this to me well that was the level of those games back in the day i mean that's a mm-hmm. lot of games like we forget a lot of games were like that where you walk into an area and you get your dick stomped on i mean that's it, oh. nowadays it's almost that's like, like that point of uh <laughs> That's it, a whole it, it's genre. Of, you're right. 
Yeah, but I mean, well, that's <laughs> true. But it's one yeah. of those things where like people talk about like old games. Like I had somebody who went to play Sakoden the first one for the very first time, and they're like, "Oh, it's really hard to get stuff going." And I'm like, "Well, did you break the economy before you left the first town?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just <laughs> some of those. You're supposed some of those older games are harder to get into, but. To Josh's credit, you're a kid and you have a lot of free fucking time. That's so. that's true too. We had a lot more free time to like delve into it and suffer. But Josh is right. Like there are seven characters. Uh, why are we talking about this? I'll no. I'll make this quick. There are seven no, characters. No. Very quality. Some of them feel thrown in. <laughs> and he is right. Like there is no overarching story. It kind of feels like the seven characters feel like if you were to watch a season of Black Mirror, where each one is separate. And that's not actually a good comparison because some of the stories kind of loosely intertwine. Black Mirror, yeah. you had me as soon as you said, oh, Black Mirror, all right, I want to play that game. <laughs> okay, yeah. how about this? Um, no. <laughs> for people that have no idea what we're talking about, it's called Saga Frontier, and it was a PlayStation 1 RPG settling about, about a 70% Metacritic. So it was, at the time, it was considered by most people to be about a C-level RPG. Um, but in Shay's heart, an A plus. Um, man, good good era though. PS One RPGs. All right. Speaking of dick stomping, we're gonna talk about some Doom Eternal first impressions. Um, now if you're listening to this because of the giveaway, and you're digging in and you want to know how do I get this information so that I can message the Sword Chomp account this giveaway i'm gonna have that for you in just a moment i'm burying it deep in the podcast so that you really have to fucking dig for it um holy shit guy okay so my brain is broken um i played about five yes that's not that's not new information played about two i've been playing doom 2016 religiously for the past two weeks and i have come full circle on that game sort of um I'm still confused as to how you played it for two weeks. It's not that long. I well, I was I was playing other stuff in between. Um, I, I'm, so, I'm just trying to be an ass. Still trying to play. I'm death stranding. Uh, yeah, you told me it was like seven hours, and then we looked it up, and it was like fifteen. I was like, well, no, right, no. I tell you, I beat that game twice, and my Steam library says I've logged like sixteen hours on it. Are you on meth? Do you remember meth? I, I, I've been trying to get some of this meth everyone's been talking about. Something happened, and that whole night was a blur. Um, so anyways, I just came off that game, and yes, it was one of my top five games of that year, but I had never finished it, and I kind of felt dirty about it. And I went back, and I really got into the flow, getting all the secrets, appreciating the storyline for what it was, even though, like we talked about, I wanted a little more from it. And you know what? I think that game I is didn't. an amazing game. I, I liked how irreverent it was about its story. It's like a science fiction, almost like a dead space thing. You're sort of caught in one facility, but you, except for the whole traveling well, to hell. That's There's not even really a... what I mean. I mean, like, it, the whole point of it was, like, it poked a lot of fun at its own story. Yes, And yes. you, as the main character, did not give a fuck about the lore or what was going on. You were just there to rip and tear. And, like, that's what I loved about it. But you as a player did care, hopefully, about what I, was going I didn't, on. though, and that was the point they were trying to... Like, it was basically satire. Okay, okay. Um, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. Rich, that's the way I looked say, at it, at least. Did you say rip and tear? I did. Ha <laughs> 
Rip and tear? Rip and tear. Okay. Sorry. Um, and, and that is to say, like, I didn't care entirely. Like, there's interesting stuff there if you want to dig into it. But I really do like the way it was kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here. But if you don't give a shit, that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just thought they showed a good level of, like, restraint in it. It was just kind of interesting. And uh, that uh, going back through it, like, kind of, I, like, did everything. I read all the logs. Like, it was kind of like a dark... It was darkly interesting at times, but anyways, this isn't about that doom. I just came off of that one, so it was interesting for me gliding right into this one. Um, I will say that my first five minutes of Doom Eternal were fucking weird, man. And I'm curious how you guys felt because I tweeted about this game I like from the beginning, man. I don't want to start on a bad note, but I think the right away I saw the main menu and it looked like a Call of Duty menu or something, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." No. The UI in this game it up. is fucking <laughs> it's weird. dog shit. It's like bright green and like well, blue. not just it's that. Weird. Everything about it looks like this is a multiplayer game, and we stuck a campaign in it. Yes, and that's not which the is way- not what it is at all. The multiplayer no. is even like this totally different thing. The the thing that's weird to me and. It looks like they gamified it a lot more. Very much Like, so. even when you're yeah. in it. Well, yeah, that, that's, well, that's why I'm saying... Which is saying, a weird way to put it. But... I think it's a multiplayer game that they happen to stick a campaign in. Because, like, even in the main no. campaign, you get, like, profile rewards for when you're playing online. I'm like, yeah, you why? Do. That, Who weird. the fuck is... That is weird. Like, anyway... Um, that's funny. And I, I am interested funny. in trying the multiplayer, because it's a very unique, different thing. I'm, I'm going to try it out, but it's that's not the main draw yeah. for me. And it seems like well, playing the campaign yeah. is a strange way... Anyway, it's it's weird. It's it was yeah. whether whether it is or not, it feels that way. I I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, right from the beginning, I was like, God, this menu is gross. The first man, that oh, first yeah. Doom had that and, creepy music, and it was just a simple menu, and it was just like yeah, and you didn't very have minimalist. All, you didn't have all the fun of having to sign up for a Bethesda account to even fucking Ugh. turn the game on. So that was fun. Uh, there were so many little things that I'm, were at the back, and and even weirder enough, like it felt like the first. Look, I'm going to have some nice things to say here for sure. Absolutely. But it felt like I've jumped into like a game that had already been started. Like I jumped totally. into like the fifth level. Yeah, it, it like does weird. feel like they had a first level and then we're just like, no, we'll and then cut, they cut that. It. Yeah. Because is this just me? I had to think back to how the first one ended. Is there like a missing chunk here yeah, somewhere? Yeah, no, it seems like yes, there's a missing there's a... chunk because. Are like, they, maybe they, they go back they and go explain straight... how he got out? Who knows? I don't Maybe know. that's I think a, so. that's probably in the book. We we should have read yeah. the Doom book. Um, I read the but, Doom book every night before bed. It says nothing about this, dude. But, I just came off of Doom, and I'm just like, "Where's yeah. Samuel Hayden? What? Why is the whole world on fire?" I, I do, by the way, like that they're explaining. Um, if you listen in the background, sometimes they talk about hell invading Earth, mm-hmm. and they talk about UAC and hell joining forces, like it's a corporate merger. Yeah. <laughs> that's that is funny yeah but some of the, even the writings now is a little too over that's like the first one was over the top but like clever but i was getting some lines it was very tongue-in-cheek some of the, there's lady was like your suffering is our business it, was, it just seemed like it was like it uh, seems like an afterthought in this one like oh you remember the last bit. doom because yeah in this one it seems like in the in doom 2016 it seemed like oh all this just happened this was just a normal, you know, facility until a couple of weeks ago or whatever. 
it looks like Earth has been overrun for about 200 years in this yes. one. Yes, giant pentagrams. Yeah, <laughs> and and then you'll just yeah. kind of happen across some sort of corporate, you know, billboard or whatever from back when the before yeah, times. What's saving it for me though is that the gameplay still feels fantastic. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, yes. No, I, I'm not shitting all over it. I'm just. Oh like, no, no, no! But the story it's is. Con- it's. And confusing. I played an hour. I can't speak it at length, but I, played I got an through hour. the second level. Like the castle place is where I got through. I don't know how far yeah. you are, John. There's. I think I'm past that. Um, I'm. There's basically no story in this game. Is is what it boils down to. There's lore, but there's no story, whatsoever. Like, see, I got the opposite impression. I got that there was way more story this time, but I just. Had no idea what was going on or if any of it was any good. Well, I mean, that's um, it. It's lore. It's the first one had a pretty straightforward through now. line. Yeah, well, no, was... there's cutscenes now where they literally this is stupid. They do this. They go in the third person and they show the Doom guy walking around with his biceps and everything, and then they like show like a, a demon, the demon talking to you, like oh blah 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 blah. And then like there there was this weird cutscene I got where I kneeled down before like it doesn't this, mean it's story though. It was a. Yes, it's what he's saying is there's no narrative through line. The first one, very clear narrative through line. You wake up, the the UAC base on Mars is overrun by hell. Hell portal gets opened, shut hell portal. This one seems again like you dropped it in the middle of something. Samuel Hayden is that it starts with killing the first of three guys you're supposed to kill to do a thing. You don't know why you're doing it, you don't even know who the first guy is. In the cutscene, you kill him and then go on with your way. Like, there's no. Yeah. Oh, it's about the guy that you ripped. Oh, I don't want to spoilers for Shay. The, it's the, the first cutscene. I was talking about. But yeah, it's like, know, yeah, it's the yeah. decapitation thing. Yeah. But it, you Which have no idea was, what any of that is right off the bat. Also, and they don't the, tell um, you afterwards. The computer guy is back from the first game that you destroyed. But there's Vega? like. Vega? Yeah, Vega is back, but yeah. there's like a throwaway thing in the first game where before you pull the plug on vega you like back him up and take the disc with yes you, i saw so that I... you grab the usb stick or whatever it is yeah out of it. it's a yeah. floppy mm-hmm. oh god there's some other stuff they well before we get to the good gushing stuff there's some other stuff they fucked up let me tell you the secrets now are weird so oh, no i like them like this i think they're better yeah i think they're way better oh no because in the first one if you missed something you'd have to replay the whole level whereas now you get to the end of the level and like, oh, I I don't have everything, so you can fast double travel. back. You can you can jump back to the beginning of the level, and uh, and also I like the idea of just being missed. like secrets over here, and then you can contextually be like, all right, I need to figure out how I can get the, to this thing. I I I agree with the fast travel thing. I did that, and that's awesome. But I don't like how they dumb down. It's literally a question mark on the map. And like not not which is not that weird, but whenever you're looking at the secret, it's actually a quest. I just finished Doom, and I was laughing that I saw this. It's a question mark in the fucking world. It's a floating question mark. It works yeah. for Batman. They were bobbleheads in- last time. You you didn't have a problem with bobbleheads. Now it's and a question was, mark. And when you pick the up point. the question you were, mark, you get a bobblehead. Confetti explodes all around you, and there are cheers, and then you hit a bobblehead. So, I can't believe that. Or I'm sometimes the one that has to defend the secrets. Yeah. But the point was, like, you were digging around looking for the bobblehead, and that's... So, like, if it was hiding a little bit in the environment, that was part of the appeal. Now it's just, if you smash... There's all this wall smashing, and then you walk into a question mark, and suddenly you're holding a bobblehead. It's completely different, and, like, the the thing about the first... It's not bad, but the thing about the first one that was fun is that it was more fun discovering the secret. It was harder to discover the secret, and this one, so far, it's been, like, pretty... 
black and white. I don't know. Maybe that changes. Um, it just seems like it, they kind of dumbed it down a little bit for like a more casual audience. I don't know about dumbing it down. Um, I think they made it more methodical and like checklisty, which I'm okay with. I that kind of scratches a certain itch for me, uh, where I can just look at the map and be like, okay, I didn't get anything, everything yet. Yeah. I I still have time to get everything. But think about the big picture stuff, man. Like I agree with you. Like I don't dislike it. I'm getting the secrets. It's just there's something like corporate and gross to me about seeing a giant floating question mark in the world. I don't know why it well, bothers me so. What much. corporation are you talking about? The Riddler Corporation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, ex- yes, it is this bad. It doesn't make sense. It's, you, it doesn't. Th- okay, so the part with the floating question marks doesn't make sense, but hell priests, it, you're cool with well, this? It, it was floating castles? Com- <laughs> it was a quarter of a, no, it was a combination of like seeing that, the, the menu thing that Josh talked about, the HUD, where I was like, oh my God, this thing is very, yeah. it feels touched by strange hands. I, I don't mind the reverence in game, like I said, for like the, the, the question marks and the one-ups and stuff, like making it look more gamey and almost like paying homage to its arcade roots. Well, it's the one-ups like are different. That's a game. whole different thing. Yeah. Um, But the... Uh, like I think that UI needs an overhaul. It the UI gross. seriously needs an overhaul. There's too much going on at once. You've got like eight cooldowns, and every time a new one pops up, there's already so much little, just like tiny little icons on the screen that it takes you like five minutes to figure out where your new cooldown is, um, which is just awkward. Yeah, I don't um, like that at all. One thing I noticed immediately, I don't know if you guys can speak to this, uh, thinking back to the first game, so I'm at a point where I only have two weapons at this point. Mm-hmm. I have like the rifle and the uh, the single pump shotgun. Yeah. Uh, I noticed immediately as the mods go, the mods that were put in were like, "Here's the mod you used in the first game, and we replaced the one that nobody touched." Yeah. Well, with something new. Another dumb thing that is that the first game encouraged you to collect secrets more because like you'd find those Praetor suit things and you'd pull them out. It had just a yeah. nice feel to it. And then you get those upgrades for your suit. This one is weird. It's like kill a bunch of guys and you can now upgrade all these weird parts of your gun. And it's, I don't know if you've gotten into the gun upgrades yet, Rich, but there's like a lot of like I've gotten into layers the to it. It's got um, stuff like you can move 15% faster on this one modification if you use oh, this I, point i like that actually because it's, again it's whole, way rpg the whole thing to me is they seem to be leaning a lot more into the combat puzzle which buffs like that can go a long way um uh, and i am already seeing like the difficulty ticked up a little bit i'm playing on ultra oh, violence i don't know where you guys up. are at no what did i, I was on? i think i was on nightmare I can't remember. The, uh, nightmare, Jesus Christ! Those spider enemies were the first time I was like, "Oh, oh okay, this is gonna things. get have me thinking on my feet a little bit." Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. It was well, either it was either Ultra Violence or Nightmare, but it was one of those two. But uh, yeah, I went straight to Ultra Violence, which I think is where I'm comfortable. That's where I'm gonna yeah, stay. You're gonna get fucked pretty soon, my friend. Um, they, and they do this weird thing where they're like, "Now we want you to specifically attack parts of enemies, even though you're running 100 miles an yeah. hour." And I'm like, "I'm curious how that's gonna pan out because those spider things were really annoying." And I'm like, "Okay, this I, that's what I loved about Doom was like it was instinctual, quick reaction stuff." And I was like, "Oh, now I gotta like hit these specific points." And it's not that's ba- why I, mean, I can't imagine playing that game with a controller. Like I need well, that's the, what I'm saying. The like, of the mouse and keyboard. I was just thinking this that's one of the big things I thought is that this one feels much more designed for the computer um doomer out there than than the first one did. I played the whole first one on ultra violence until the last level and I only died a couple times and, and it was tough but it felt perfect and this one I was just getting it's ramped my ass up. kicked. Yeah, it's ramped yeah. up, but for the most part Which, feels a little bit tighter. There are a few things here and there where it seems like 
some of the projectiles are faster in this one, and it seems like I just there's not a lot of avoiding going on if, yeah. in a few situations. Just like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna take damage here. I've had to take cover, which I don't think I was ever really doing in the first game. <laughs> it's not ripping. I was joking. I recorded a, a video that I'm putting up for our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp and you're part of our $5 tier, I made, I made a first impression video. And um, the, the, uh, the thing made me laugh about that was I was like, rip and tear and smash now, apparently, because you see cracked walls like Zelda and you walk up to him yeah. and you just punch him. Give him a punch. And, yeah, it's I just do appreciate that the first... That the first words of the game are, in fact, rip and tear until it is done. And and then that opening cinematic was fucking stupid. They completely... It's... I, I'm so disgusted by... It was and, weird. It wasn't it. It was weird. Like, in the first game, dude, I just played it. They never take you out of first person. There's no weird cutscenes like that where they're trying to make him seem badass. Well, they show every angle of his face. I don't think it's to face. be badass. It's because you can collect all your old Doom suits in the game. And so it's... Oh, I can watch yes. this cutscene where while I'm wearing, you know, whatever retro uh, armor or stuff. It's there about the like, cosmetics. Yeah, there are a well, bunch of th- like, what is it like? Is the suit he's wearing in this one? That's different than the one from 2016, right? 2016. Yeah, yeah. That, that like arm attachment blade thing is new. Um, well, is I don't remember him seeing skin on his arms. Like he is, it looks like he's like a bodybuilder who's ripping out of his his, yeah. his spandex. Yeah, well, is like, that a new? There's gauntlets. It's like the armor stops at the shoulder, and then he's wearing mm-hmm. gauntlets. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up right now to see because I don't remember the. No, see, that's different. The Doom guy looked much. I can't believe I'm going to say this. The Doom guy looked much the cooler. Doom in, Slayer. The Doom Slayer looked much cooler in 2016. Doom. I can't believe they've they've I will say this the environments now are are really impressive like they're huge and sprawling and like you can look out and see these giant like uh remnants of the war like huge robots fighting um like frozen mm-hmm. in place cuz they were destroyed or like those those hell what do they call those hell barges you see those big yeah. demons carrying But shit there's on. also like you said that weird lapse in like the story of going like did I miss something yes, because the yes. first game ended with a cliffhanger that they yes, haven't it resolved did. Well and the the tone it was like what happened to Samuel Hayden What happened to the first half of this game Where is the first half of Doom uh, again, Eternal <laughs> I'm willing to give it like the benefit of the doubt for now because for all I know they're going to jump back happen. and explain yeah, yeah, yeah. how we got to where we are and like there'll be a flashback to Mars I don't think so I, I I'm hoping so. for it I don't know it seems it seems like they're giving they no thought it. to the story at all cuz like I I'm a little farther than you guys and it seems like you get logs what you can go back and read and even they have it's lore it's lore like none of it seems like it directly relates to you at all it's 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 weird it's it's very strange after the last one and i don't think it's a bad thing it's just like no one cared about the story so there's no story in this one is kind of what it comes down to there are a couple cutscenes here and there so you can pretend there's a story if you really feel like it but there's not a story see i don't see the first the first doom one i didn't think there was much of a story and i was i was watching the listen but i did like what was there yeah and i think it won giant bombs narrative of the year which blew my mind i was like oh my god um and then i went and listened to it and, and i played that game again i was like you know what it's a lot better than i gave it credit for at the time it really is it's so um, good but it's it's more about the execution of the simplicity, right? They never take you out of first person. Um, they keep it creepy. If there's someone talking, it's just a few lines of dialogue. They get right to the point. 
Um, I just feel like it's effective at what it's going for, even though it obviously is a little campy. It's about, you know. Purposefully uh, campy. It's campy yes, and irreverent. Yes. Like, that's all playing to its strengths. Yes, yes. But there are moments where it kind of hits you in that dark humor kind of a way because it is morbid. And um, Anyways, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm piling on the game, but I just can't. No. I, the things that they messed up for me are things that I are feel weird. Like, like I that I feel like they got <laughs> right the first time around. Yeah, but the combat's still that. so good. Like I know I'm gonna be here for it regardless, and I can oh, say sure, that without sure. a doubt. And they simplified something in the combat. It's now I like more. Like I like the chainsaw just being a quick button press mm-hmm. um, instead of being like you have to hit G to equip it and then use it. Like it just makes more sense to be like I'm gonna tap C and I'm gonna chainsaw yeah. this guy and I'm gonna keep moving. Yes, well, and they pull it out automatically. And, but we mentioned, Morgan and I have gotten into this one before about how he thought you had to constantly run out of ammo and switch weapons in the first one. I never had that happen one time in 2016. That happens mm. all the time in this one. They're just There's not as much ammo, and they start you with a shotgun that has even yeah. less. Also, um, I'm hoping there's less of that as you get more guns. It, it, it happens more, jo- Josh, if you play the first one like a higher difficulty and then like... But what they want you to do is use the chainsaw in intelligent well, ways to, like... Well, yeah, I mean, that's still here, but, like... The, the combat pistol, is puzzle combat, yeah. Yeah, the pistol was way too good yeah. in the first game. So you just See, I, headshot yeah, everything I with, uh, I like, forgot about the unlimited ammo pistol that we yeah, now don't have. the pistol was pistol? overtuned. Oh, that's was, crazy. I never... Yeah, I never really... Yeah. Like, the really pistol know. was the best weapon in that game. And well, I guess of that, it kind of lets you... Everything, yeah, exactly. It lets you avoid the combat which is unfortunate i mean there is new layers to the combat to keep the ammo flowing now like to Mm kind of like subsidize that and there's like deeper strategy stuff like uh one of the early ones they introduce is cacodemons if you throw a grenade at them you automatically get them in a stun lock because they you throw the grenade in their mouth and then they can immediately be glory killed yeah those used to be need like well Basically, basically crits. You had to shoot them in the eye to really do much of anything to them before. Um, yeah. Another thing that the original Doom did that was like oddly elegant, I noticed going back through it, is every time like a new enemy type would appear, they had like a really cool sort of entrance thing because the way they would trickle in enemies, it'd be like, oh shit, this is the first time you're fighting a. What are those guys called, Rich, with like the rockets on their back? Do you have the. The Revenant. Statue? Yeah, the first time they show up, it's like a big deal. Or the first time the those like those things that run at you and charge you like a bull show up. There's pinkies. Like, they they do a good job of having their own, they're not really cutscenes, but they take they have like a first person sequence where they introduce them. They kind of show up and growl at you or whatever because yeah. that changes the layer of the combat significantly in that game. And in this game, you there's like seven new enemies and they have no entrance. It's like there's the flat top guy from Dune One with the green hair or whatever. There's giant imps flying around. I just call which, him Neil. They just throw me in all these fucking new things, and they don't tell you a goddamn thing about it. I'm yeah, yeah. You have to figure it out on on the fly. This, there, the, so. the pacing in this game is just fucking. It. I don't want to say it's bad because I love Doom too much to say it's bad, but it gave me it might be bad. Also, it's, by the way, this really fucking threw me off um, because I did go back uh, just last week to play a little bit of OG Doom just to kind of get myself in the right headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, OG Doom, you mean 2016? 20, 2016 Doom, yeah. Okay. And then they switched the button for glory kills, and now my life is all sorts of oh, fucked up. Yeah, but yeah. I, I want to know where everything's set did before they? I get into cheat. Um, it was F in the first game, now it's E. Oh. And I don't want to mess don't, with key bindings. You don't use mouse 4? Uh, I mean, I think it's I could, mouse 4 on both of them. It can be mouse four, but like I was so used to F, like that was the way I was playing mm-hmm. it in the first one, and okay. it just feels like 
the right extension to me now. Yeah. Um, I might end up having to swap it, but I'm kind of waiting till my arsenal's a little bit more filled out, so I'm more into the combat flow. Yeah, you use F for swapping mods. Yeah, uh, that's uh, uh, I think I have R set for swapping, or that maybe that was the first game. It may have been the first game because there there's so many more options in this one, like too many. I was telling you about how cluttered the UI was. Yeah, the buttons are cluttered as well. I don't know how you'd play this with a controller. There. Are, buttons for everything you have i think this game really is even more so than 16 built for pc yeah well, like there are mm. does your you've got like a an equipment attachment i don't know if you get the, anything other than a flamethrower i have the grenade one right now like it's the same attachment is that the grenade yeah you get it first yeah but you, it does more than you... one thing like with yeah, yeah. r you've got a short range flamethrower that will make all your enemies drop a bunch of armor is it, if they, enemies are um, on fire mm-hmm. and you kill them they drop armor that's the, well, they, the they constantly drop armor while they're on fire and then they kind of oh. explode into a bunch of armor if you kill them while they're still burning um which is its own button on r in oh. this one um and then yeah i think you yeah, guys are i so think much, you're right about so the much stuff precision it's there's a lot i actually like the platforming i think it feels pretty good i kind of like uh i haven't seen too much of it yet but i i like the the limited platforming there was in the first game to be quite honest like i thought it was 3d platforming is not easy especially first person 3d platforming and i thought it was handled (laughs) well for some reason it reminded me of metroid prime i don't know why because they control very differently but it reminded me of like looking for secrets dash is an awful lot like the uh the spin jump as far as like what you can actually do with it as far as like mm-hmm. it it fills a very similar role um yeah it's been good I, but m- m- one complaint with it so far is i managed to fall through a floor one time oh because, weird be, well it was like near the edge there and i think they it wanted like it to look yeah. non-traversable but it looked like somewhere you could stand and so it's just mm, like yeah. okay well you'll just kind of slip down through here well, i'm like all right whatever um, and what's funny about that is like the penalty for searching for secrets in the first one, it felt kind of nice because like if you were a dumbass and you fell off a cliff, which didn't happen very often, it was a death. And this one, it's just like, oh, here you go. Start again <laughs> because they know you're going to fall yeah, you take, all the time. You take also like a little bit, of, little bit of damage and then respawn. Does yeah. the wall climbing feel super awkward to anybody else? On a joystick, you have to smash. No, um, not the, the actual movement of it. Like the perspective of it and everything is like, I'm like, I don't like this. Oh, you're like really close to the wall. And then when you turn, it doesn't feel like. You, yeah, I kind of I know what you mean. I like it, but it, it feels yeah, like you're I'd, I feel like I can't see enough. I would I would. Yeah, I'd pop up your field of view on there a little bit because I, I feel like that yeah. helps there as well, because that way you're not just completely staring at a wall. You're still mostly staring it. at a wall, but. Uh, and I feel like at one point, there was definitely a point where they were designing this, where this thing went into third person when you jumped onto a wall. No, don't say that. It became uncharted. <laughs> Not in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, it just, the camera pans out to third person while you're on a wall. You leap and it swaps back into first person. I think possibly. there's a world where that actually works. Yeah, possibly where this was, it was, it was Metroid Prime. There's like, oh no, this is, that's yeah. what we do now. Yes. Oh. Yeah. It is cool, like, when you a lot like, of the platforming, do a little swing yeah. or double jump. or you know. Yeah, like, a lot of the platforming feels, like, directly inspired levels from the way, like, the spin jump would work in Metroid Prime, where you're just kind of, with these long corridors where you're kind of jumping through awkward platforming puzzles there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there feels like there's some similar things to that. For I sure. don't know if it has anything to do with it, but I did... 
most of the team I looked it up before the show because I was perplexed about this is the same people involved in 2016 Doom, but the director, one of the directors, it was gone. Um, and it just makes me wonder because there was just sort of a playing back to the 2016 Doom. There was such a smooth, like polished, um, tight vision to that game and this is like the complete opposite of that and it's just odd to me i just i'm deeply fascinated it almost feels like i i had jumped in time 10 years like this coronavirus something (laughs) happened i jumped in time 10 years and i'm now playing doom 4 or something what the hell happened here (laughs) yeah and it's like all cyberpunky And there's castles. I'm walking. I thought it was like Quake at first. I'm like, why am I in castles? It's not bad. I gotta say, I like the pure stupidity of like the Doom Slayer's space castle base. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think that is cool, except they lost me whenever the music clicked in and I could see his stupid armor and they were showing all the angles of his face from well, four different I mean, places. Yeah, and I'm like, no, they fucked it up. The, the game still works its best when it drops you into a big arena, the enemies start flowing and the metal just pumps. Like that's when it's at its best. Yeah, of course. But I mean, how could they fuck that up? I mean, um, I don't know if you've ever played doom three. Oh no! We're gonna take shots at Doom Three still. Although one of our patrons, mm-hmm. Jeffrey, really is high on Doom Sixty Four. Always trying to get me to play Doom Sixty Four. So now you can. Uh, now I can. I got it, it for free. Play it the way it was meant to be played with the worst controller ever. <laughs> How dare you? Um, who was that? You think the for? PlayStation Four is the worst controller ever? No, the N sixty four. Oh, you! I thought you said played the way it's meant to be played. Oh, I yeah. get what you're saying. Go back Doom and get a sixty four. Oh, you're on drugs. Uh, I do that. Um, I want to give that a shot in the open mind. Anyways, I don't want to, dude. I'm this game broke me. I am. I'm gonna keep playing it. Like you guys, I think it's fascinating. Like it's super interesting. But like they did everything I was telling you guys, uh, especially when you used to do this podcast, rich, I used to tell Shay and Josh, I wanted more interesting environments and like, I wanted them to try a more Epic story. And I, and like, they literally did everything I wanted. And then they botched everything they did good in the first one. And then did all the one things I wanted them to do. And then like, they fucked up the UI and I just don't get it. I don't understand. I will, I will say in the frustrations of doom eternal. And I mean more so like there's confusing bits and like, you know, that combat getting heavy sometimes. I'm really glad that when I put Doom Eternal down, I can go lay down and check on my village in Animal Crossing. Oh, mm-hmm. I would I would say it's a good segue, but I do need to drop this here, okay? Yeah, yeah, go this ahead. This is important. <laughs> if you've been listening to this and just maybe support us and you love us and uh, you enjoy the show, thank you. Because maybe you're just listening to this because you want to get a free video game, in which case, how dare you? Or maybe you? it accidentally got put in your <laughs> podcast feed and your screen's frozen and you can't turn it off. <laughs> oh, no. <You're> s- <laughs> You've run out of content because the coronavirus has forced you to consume your normal podcast you like at a quicker rate, and you're stuck listening to us. Um, all are acceptable answers. So thank you for being here. <laughs> I just wanted to say that we are giving away... You can choose either Doom Eternal or Animal Crossing. That's how nice this patron of ours, Danny, is. He's letting you choose, okay? All you have to do, because you've already subscribed, is DM the Sword Chomp account... BFG! Big fucking gun! Send BFG to the at Sword Chomp uh, Instagram page. We'll know what it means. <laughs> BFG. I do like that scene at the end of the first uh, Doom 2016 where you shove the BFG. Oh, in right the into the, the spider the thing. Spider face. thing, yeah. It blows half of its brain you know, face off. You know one of my biggest problems with the. Um... 
like the back half of the first Doom, I would often be in like terrible combat situations and completely forget I have the BFG. Yeah, 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 I know. And then you're like, oh my god, it's going to save my ass. Like, I could have cleared an entire room, but I struggled through this. <laughs> ah, that 2016 Doom, so good. Anyways, this is a lot of fun. I'm Look, these are just our first impressions. We're going to have a lot more to talk about next week when Shade jumps onto the Doom train. Um, All aboard. All aboard the Doom train, Final Fantasy. Right? Which is a great, great, great GF in Final Fantasy VIII. I like Final Fantasy VI because I like to suplex trains. Who, who doesn't like a good train suplex? Um, all right, anyway, so like you were segueing, Rich, thank you so much, and thank you to everyone who's going to enter this contest, and thank you again, Danny P. Animal Crossing, holy shit! We are playing Animal Crossing, some of us more than others, because of uh, the Morgan, like Josh. You're going to like the name of my island. <laughs> okay, it's a lot of build up here. Oh, you want, you want me to tell you now? Um, give me a clue. Can I it's, play an, it? it's named after a town from Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, Balam? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Well, that's go. been my Animal Crossing towns for a very long time. Oh, Balam. Oh, that's a I, sweet it, name. I wanted it, actually, to be Fisherman's Horizon, but that won't fit. It won't mm. fit, yeah. I actually had mine as Chomp Nation, but at the end wouldn't fit, so I had to change it to Chompville. Um... And then my wife got mad at me. She's like, why would it be called Chompville? It's an island, not a town. I'm like, well. It's a town, it's, not an island. It's, yeah, be a it's town becoming one day. a town, sort of. Slowly but surely. You should have named it Chomp Quarry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are rocks there. <laughs> this is true. Um, damn. Okay, so we are at varying degrees. Shay, I know, has been plowing. He's got like 20 hours in Animal Crossing already. He can't put it down. Um Dude, I'm fucking hopelessly addicted. Like, I wake up in the middle of the night just playing for two hours. I gotta get my Tom Nook in. Um, You're a <laughs> liar Christ. king who sits on a throne of deceit. I have really, true. really sucked him into a horrible place. Oh, I, I should say this, and I don't mean I to do this. I played probably like three hours. I don't mean to do this out of order, but this is very serious, and I want to apologize. This is important. Um, I asked, uh, God, I fucked that up. <laughs> I really fucked this whole thing up. That giveaway. Uh, there, if there's some interesting comments that people left about um, Doom Eternal, I wanted to make sure those people were involved, um, because again, like I said, I opened it up to the community. Jason Peacock said it's hard as fuck. Yes, it is. It is much, much harder than the first one. Because I, I was joking with you guys earlier that it's like the hot hotline Miami thing, but not as offensive. Where the first game ends and they assume everyone who's played 2016 Doom is playing this one and they're probably right. So they just on ramp straight from difficulty 10 right back into difficulty 10. You know what I mean? Because that's where you have to start for the next one. Otherwise, I guess they're worried people are going to be bored or something. I don't I don't know. I don't personally agree with it, but I get why they do it. It's not like when Halo 2 started, it was as hard as Halo 1, but it's a different kind of thing. Giving so. the Covenant back their bomb. <laughs> Halo 2 starts with you just riding a, a warthog uh, th- through a place that's exploding. Um. Anyways, yeah, it's legitimately fucking hard. Um, Jay Wolbro said, The game is badass. It is back in bloody good fashion. Love the melee kills and the soundtrack. I wonder if this soundtrack is going to... That's something we didn't touch on, and we'll know more next week when we play the game. I'm just wondering if he's going to... Because Mick Gordon is such a, a musical genius, I wonder if he's going to up the game a little bit and do some more interesting things with the soundtrack, or if it's going to still be, you know, basically what you heard in Doom 1, just different, you know. 
Let's see. Crunky said, we'll never play, sadly, because it makes me have motion sickness. Oh, no. That's that's no good. Yeah. Um, I can see that, though. The, the way the camera just flips around whenever you do those glory kills is a little bit unpredictable because it will, like, you know, auto-center, even if you're, you know, just a little close to an enemy. Um, so, yeah, there's there's an awful lot of motion. And that's that's been frustrating even on PC because a lot of times you're locked in that animation longer than you think you'll be. So you'll go to, you know, turn for the next enemy and you don't have camera control back just yet, um, which is... Yeah, it gets a little frustrating because I've had to yeah do the same flick yeah it like does twice yeah um anyway. yeah that I thought there's gonna be a little more of an epic introduction to that blade arm thing he has because like in the during 2016 when you find a new weapon it's like a big deal he like picks it up looks at it for a little while kind of flips it around and then it's like this is your new weapon but the first time you do a, a uh what are they called a glory kill he just stabs him right in the head with your blade arm and like, okay this is. Again, we missed first half of the game. Uh, one more. We got to talk Animal Crossing. Um, sorry, Shay. 762 said, it's incredible. No, sorry. Chizen196 said, way harder. Ammo is limited, but the gameplay is so damn tight. Very tight. Uh, Animal Crossing. So Toyed like a tiger. The one thing I will, to kind of pick up, I think, where we were talking about earlier, what Josh was saying, um, for people who want to play this game with multiple people, in their household or in general, I can say that I think the reason I was having a little bit more of a positive experience than, than Josh. Um, number one, I don't mind sharing. Uh, I'm just kidding, Josh. <laughs> I'm sharing. But you weren't with my... sharing. You played it by yourself and then they picked up your scraps. Uh, we're sharing Please, sir. Island. May I have we're some more? Sam Island. Um, my, I will say it's funny cause my daughter <laughs> being adorable, but also not respecting my personal space built her tent right next to my tent and like her <laughs> cot is literally it's literally almost touching my fucking cot um you should file her, a complaint with the zoning board at uh nook's tent <laughs> mm-hmm. i should <laughs> she, and i didn't want to you're so cute because she's like daddy i'm gonna build my tent right next to yours i'm like oh that's sweet but like it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing you, you, should, you shouldn't do that you go, that's sweet but i was gonna put a koi pond there so could you <laughs> get the fuck out of here uh and um, so, like, playing with her, like, the way it works in very simple terms is anybody who starts on their profile on your Switch can be part of your the main town that gets started in the game. So she is a resident of Chompville. My wife is also playing it, but because she's a hardcore player, we have two Switches in our house. Which, honestly, is a good solution, I guess, if you have two people that are obsessed. Like, my wife is a big Animal Crossing person. She had to have her own Switch. So I mean, know. I get that. You want to be the one in control if you are, take the game that seriously. Yeah, like jo- I, got, I see where Josh is coming from because if he's going to take a lot more serious, he doesn't want to be the second on the island that his kid built necessarily. Um, but I, I, the first day is a little weird. Like you, for when I noticed the next day in game because it's all real time. When I was shaking trees, like it, like instead of one stick falling, like six sticks were falling. It, it felt like a very different thing after that first initial day, and I don't know why. Maybe it's like a tutorial kind of thing to on ramp you. It was um, late and I had work, so I didn't do enough the first, like, night to really be a judge of what was available on the island then. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's it's not 
a lot as like space wise because I, I was mentioning this i can't remember if it was on the podcast or before but um basically all the islands have rivers completely cutting off the larger section of the island you so, need that vault pole before you can yeah um so you start off with not a lot to do right off the bat um which well kinda, the trick is you just yeah yeah the trick is you just do a bunch of stuff for Tom, though, because I had most of this stuff, almost all of it last night. I woke up this morning, and it was the first full day because I started at night, and then I guess when it considered it the second day, um, somebody at Blathers had moved into my town, and I got the shovel and the pole and all that stuff. But I just kept basically doing every – I just kept doing stuff in the town, and I was getting those nook miles, which is a, is a really cool system. I'm curious to see how you think about it, Josh, because I know you haven't had a lot of time with it yet. Um but as you just do stuff that gets way more expansive too. like, it's basically like it gives you little micro tasks to accomplish. And that's also how you pay off your initial loan, which makes it a lot faster than animal crossings of the past. Yeah. Like he says, he, he converts, you, the you and I are both clear of that, right? I did. I got the, I got that very quickly. Like last night I got the 5,000. Yeah, I got it today. So like my, my tent should be a house in tomorrow morning. Well, that's one thing that's kind of disappointing, though. They don't let you choose the place of your house. I was thinking... Oh, I that... assumed the tent was going to be, yeah, like, that's I'm picking my residence yeah. for the rest of the game. Yeah. I wish I'd thought of that. Because I, maybe I couldn't have put it where I wanted to, but I would have probably put my house on, like, a, a, really, well, a really cool spot. Yeah, because that's what I was noticing. Like, you essentially... Since the way the opening works, you don't have access to much of anything, so you're always going to be building in the same little area unless you know you get the pole well no there you can't but to get the well what i'm saying is until you get that pole yeah exactly oh yeah you're stuck Um, what what i was trying to say was is like if you're joining somebody's island way later they could have already built a bridge or something for you Mm -hmm. yes Um, yes but also worth noting um Mm -hmm. Later in the game, and this is something to consider when you're worried about where your house is and stuff, like, we know from the Nintendo Directs and stuff, later in the game, you'll be able to literally, like, Minecraft-style change the terrain of your island. Yes, yeah. Which is cool, because you can make... you, you yeah. What you can do with that, we will find out, but that sounds neat. I really do. I bet you there'll be a ton of people doing way more amazing stuff than us. Well, speak for yourself. I mean, I had a, a viral post from my No Man's Sky lab, so, you know. Thanks, gonna. I'm a creator here, Rich. Come on now. I all right. <laughs> I mean, have you he seen our Mario Maker levels, Rich? Come on now. Uh, Such a creator. That's true. God, I, I really wish it buy a meal for me like the first one. Come back, Artiste. Um, no, yeah, that Chef's stuff's gonna be kiss. amazing. So yeah, we're all we're because we're on real time. We can only both be about as far as we can be. But I think me and Rich are about the same spot. We had the pole, the shovel. And I was already getting into that addictive loop again where, like, I was playing it for, like, an hour today, and I was like, oh, I turn all these fish in, and then I can buy, oh, there's all the stuff I can dig up. And How many fruits you got? I just have, first of all, I have pears, which are lame. First um, off, uh, I'm racking it up because you got to get some contacts, and you got to meet up with some buddies, get some shit going. I started with oranges. I got cherries. I got peaches. I got pears. You got oranges? Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, man. I got pears. Orange. How lame are pears? You, you come to my island and get oranges. I'll open the gate for you. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm coming. I'm coming tonight. I would I'll, la- <laughs> I'll even put you on my best friends list so you could, like, chop trees down and stuff. But don't do it. I'll know. Well, that's the weird thing. And this one is, like, 
Can you chop trees completely? Yes. I, I, okay. I, oh, you need a better axe. You need the, the steel axe. I, I thought it was kind of cute how you could hit the tree and wood would come out, but it wouldn't break. I was like, that's, that's with. That's why a lot of people have been saying keep a stone axe always. Uh, <laughs> because uh, the stone axe is the one you can smack a tree with. You get wood, but you won't damage it. Whereas yeah. the, the steel axe will cut it down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's nice. It's uh, I, I like it. It's kind of a cute thing. If you don't want to, you know, because you'd go to people's islands before in Animal Crossing and you'd just be like, they've just wreaked havoc on everything, chopping There's every a, fucking tree. One of my neighbors is a horse named Renee. Do you get oh. it? Uh, Renee, I gotcha. Uh, check this out. I guess it's even better. I got a neighbor. It's a frog named Frobber. Oh, I want that to be my neighbor. I got just a fucking goat named Billy. Lazy. Oh, <laughs> well, that's okay. My other neighbor is pretty annoying, but that Frobert, me and Frobert are tight. I like Except Frobert Except Billy ends his sentences with Dag Nabbit like it's a period. <laughs> okay. uh, Which is weird because I'm like, why are you like an old prospector? It's, I mean, that's one thing I do miss about Animal Crossing because it's been a long time. It's like, it's so like just the characters are so adorable and charming and like like in a way that I'm usually not super into that kind of stuff. But even the Nintendo magic, like when the camera zooms it's up, it's endearing. Dude, this game looks really fucking good for the art style. It's like the characters look like they're made of felt or something. Like you can see, it's adorable. Like, they're not fuzzy, but like a little minor layer. Of... You know they'd be cuddly though. If, like you look if, at them. And... If only if it was on Xbox One, they would look even better. <laughs> Wait, you're not playing this on Switch, are you? You know what? First-party Switch games do look better, but you're right, Shay. <laughs> I don't know. Objectively, that's I don't the worst even know. part about making a joke like that. Is like, there's a really good chance he's just gonna be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> you're making a good point. I like where your head's at. I'm, it's. <laughs> I will say objectively, there are certain first-party games, and I mean this in all seriousness. I like Smash Brothers and this game so far where I look at the art style and even with my overly cynical eyes, I'm just like, this game looks amazing. I think it would uh, look like, even better on the second Nomad. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me on that one. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, we just wait until we talk about specs maybe next week. We can have, we can have a really stupid conversation about that. I'll, um, I'll bring it in because I actually, um, compared to some... Some stuff I said, I, I did some more looking into Xbox specs, and I, I kind of get what they're going for now. So I, I do have some interesting thoughts on that, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that. Put it oh, so pocket. you're contradicting your own poll that people agreed with that we'll no, talk about uh, later. Not, not contradicting. Um, I'm saying, like, I, I, I get why they are making that specific choice okay, now. Okay. And if we do talk about it in the poll, I will explain uh, my thought process on that now. We will. We will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, uh, what's the big – I would say the biggest thing that people are curious about – because a lot of people look, Animal Crossing is extremely popular. I have a lot of comments to read as well, and I'm blown away by the amount of people who are in love with this game. I did have someone message me today sincerely, and I when they do this, I treat these messages very, very seriously, um, way more than I probably should because you know they're looking for our honest opinion and advice. And uh, I'm pulling it up right now, so if you just give me a second. But basically, it was along the lines of, you know, I've never played an animal crossing game before and i think i might be into it but um i'm kind of afraid to pull the trigger on this because what if i don't like it like what is the appeal how would you how do you guys kind of explain 
the appeal to someone who's never because we've played these games since the beginning. We're st- we're stuck in that even the nostalgia, you know. I, I don't know. I think it's just cathartic to a degree. Like they're, they're minimalist games that are just they're relaxing. They're a pretty great way to unwind, and they're just warm and inviting. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, I was I was just thinking a lot about the question, and I think. It's tough because we played the GameCube ones, and then we played some of the other iterations, New Leaf. Um, Anybody pl- ever play Folk? Animal Kingdom or Jungle Kingdom or whatever it was called? Was that like a ripoff of Animal no, Crossing? No, that is the original Animal Crossing that only released on the N64 in Japan. Oh, shut up. Are you serious? Yeah. I did not know that was a thing. That sounds really interesting. It's called Jungle Kingdom? Uh, uh, let me verify the title. It's Jungle Kingdom or Animal Kingdom, something to that effect. Um, G Magno 1985 said, Hey man, hope all is well. I never played an animal crossing looking at videos. It seems boring. However, there's a part of me that says I might like it. What can you tell me that will make me want to spend $60 on it? I want to be sure as well as spend that. I'll enjoy it. That's That's always an impossible question. Josh, do you have a good answer? Uh, I don't think there's any way to, to tell you're going to be into it. It really is a personality thing. I think, um, because it it's it is a the slowest of burn games. It's it's the sort of thing where less so now at this iteration, I think, but still a slow burn. Well, yeah, but there's still stuff that's like timed out to only happen certain times of the year that you're gonna be like, oh, I want to come back and check on that in two months. Um, and, yeah, and it's not that you're gonna stop playing until then, but it's like, oh, you have stuff to look forward to so far out in this game. Um, which is just not Crazy. a thing that happens in in so many other games. By the way, I looked it up that uh, the original game is called Animal Forest. Animal Forest, okay. Yeah. Um, they hadn't yet got to the crossing. It's just the no. Forest. They they were they were still spitballing <laughs> with that. Mm-hmm. Still in the forest. Um, I will. This is what I would say. I. Th- Describe the things that really hook me. I spent like 30 minutes today just catching fish to see if I'd catch something new and exciting, which is oddly therapeutic and addictive, selling them or giving them to the museum because I wanted to enhance my collection along with catching bugs and stuff like that. When you sometimes you'll get items in the world that are Nintendo things, like someone might be like, here's a, a sword from Zelda and you can like put it in your house because you can decorate your house and your home. And um, the charm of the game is just so Nintendo like there's not a lot a lot of people try for this sort of charm and it comes off weird and maybe that's psychological but Nintendo's just so good at those weird goofy like they they came up with this concept back in the GameCube era uh, and it just reeks of that nice Nintendo heart and soul and charm and now it just looks like legitimately incredible um uh I, I just want to interject one more thing because I was reading about this uh animal <laughs> forest game uh, Animal Crossing, as we know it for the GameCube, is actually a remake of uh, Animal Forest for the N64. So those are the same oh. game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's that's actually interesting to dig into, I guess, because I had no idea, and that stuff that stuff really. Most people don't, me. I think. So I just I thought it was an interesting thing to bring well, up. And that's the thing with the game running on a real time clock that I would tell G Magno and anybody who's on the fence is that for me, I get really I play it addictively for an hour a day and then go on and play another game or go on with my life. It's meant to be played in small doses every day. 
You can play it in larger chunks. Like my wife has an addictive personality and she'll spend three hours a night playing it um, because you get goal oriented, right? You're like, oh, I'm only 10,000 bells away from paying off this house. So then you like really go into overdrive catching new fish and you're like, oh shit, I hadn't seen this fish yet. Let me take it back to the museum. And then he maybe it's like this cycle that you get sucked into. And then there's this weird like attachment you start to form with like the villagers and stuff. And yes, if you disappear for like two weeks, you might come back. And a house will be gone and there'll be a letter <laughs> from one of your neighbors being like, hey, I hadn't seen you in a while. I was moving away. Yeah. Uh, it, like, it's kind of wild. I had to find wild. myself. Moving to I, Phoenix. <laughs> What's it, what? <laughs> I got offered a job at the cannery down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was just waiting for you to make the first move, but it, it just seems like you weren't ready for something this serious. I'm sorry Look, I'm played, leaving it like this. Mm-hmm. I played you the Finch, man. I don't want to imagine any of these characters going to a cannery, all right? <laughs> it, that That's gets a dark. great sequence. <laughs> yes. Mm. Sequence of the year, Sword Chomp, 2017. Um, and so that's the best way I would explain it. So it's it's got that sort of addictive charm and loop. I just love games where there's fishing, so that's sort of a bonus for me, but like you get it's like customizing your house and sim stuff like that, but the charm I think it. Like you said those dude that Frobert, those stupid little villagers, like you don't know why you grow attached and they they have that like cute little noise when they talk. But then you read what they say and they all have distinctively charming quirks and personalities to them that mm-hmm. um kind of make you giggle. Like even the most cynical asshole will will chuckle. And I still, my friend Mike actually just texted me a picture uh, because I visited his island earlier today and he's Mm -hmm. sending me pictures of, he's like, you were here for like 10 minutes and now my neighbors won't shut the fuck up about you. They're like, did you see what Rich did when he was here? (laughs) (laughs) That stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing we're not going to know for a couple weeks as we talk about this is like how different this is from the past games. I don't know. How to, I'm, the big thing is, of course, the survivalism mechanics, which seem light and well done. You know, find five sticks. My, my, my daughter, I was watching my daughter collect sticks to make a bed in this game. And she's like seven years old. And she was like getting into the rhythm of like, oh, I got 18 uh, tree sticks now. I can or pieces of wood from hitting these trees. And I could take these and make a bed. And she put the bed in a room. I was watching her get into that loop. And it was it was fascinating, like just from the outside. I was like, oh, and I think weird. like the best way to put it almost is it like you said, it's it's survival stuff, but it's simple. I think they put enough of Minecraft in this that makes sense for what Animal Crossing is. Mm hmm. I do too. So far, I was I wasn't concerned, but I was wondering how it'd work. And so just far, just curious because, how it is in practice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the cool thing is, you can cheat code it if you get enough bells. You can buy a lot of the essential stuff from the little Tom, the Timmy Nook or whatever. Timmy's Once the one inside. Ma- Tommy's the one who's usually hanging around outside. Yeah, Tommy creeps around and follows you. Like he has a little flag. <laughs> He's cute. God, those raccoons are cute. I have them um, on amiibo form. <laughs> They, they, uh, you can talk to the little raccoon and you can buy a lot of stuff that you make. So for me, like if, if it, like early stuff breaks a lot, like the, the, you know, the fishing poles and the axes and stuff, and you can just go, I'll just go buy another one instead of making those, little, which is smart because yeah, at first it's cool to make the stuff you need, but if you had to make constantly make some of that early stuff, they'd understand the repetition. You can just buy it. That seems intelligent mm-hmm. to do that. Um, there's yeah. still lots of, lot. Yeah. I, forget. I mean, look, there's a lot we don't know yet. We've only had this game for one day. I don't. There's yeah. only Josh, so much of it you can yeah, explore. Yeah, just because of the way the game is doled out, there's no speed running it. You're, I mean, I'm sure someone will figure out a way, but like as far as, um, and I'll love to actual, revisit this in two months. 
yeah, the the normal experience of the game. We're just, we're going to be discovering stuff about it for a long time. Also, uh, interesting fact: this is the first Animal Crossing game where changing the time clock you cannot activate seasonal stuff. So it looks like all that stuff is probably stored server side. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. He, yeah. To that point, some of it might not even exist yet. Well, that's what I was wondering. I'm part of me thinks that it may just be not even in the code until it's patched in, and then then maybe we can access the the seasonal stuff. So that way, like you couldn't I mean, I, cheat ahead and see a bunch of a bunch of that stuff. That way, everyone's just I, kind of experiencing it at the same time. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if it really is just stored server side, and like yeah. you cannot access that content without being on the internet. And um, Janice Beeson messaged us, and hopefully I already answered this kind of. She said, is the game actually fun to play? So hopefully we kind of ran that down for you as far as, like, I'm why. loving it. I honestly, like, I didn't. I was hoping I would love it, and I am right now loving it a lot, too. So, um, yeah, it seems. I'm trying to think. It's, it's, it's still, it's still, uh, still Animal Crossing. Like, they, they I... have. Um... Some of the changes, like you said, the, to change it to be more survival oriented, I think are good because it. Uh, there's more to it. There's more well, depth. Hey, there's more to it. There's a little more depth, but you'd end up with just a bunch of inventory that was just permanently full of, you know, the equipment you always have on you in other mm-hmm. Animal Crossing yeah. games, and at yeah. least it kind of feels like it's not permanent permanent because it can break and stuff and it's kind of makes it makes it feel like your inventory is a little more flexible than it was in some of those it's also more flexible because uh now i mean in past animal crossing games if your pockets were full you only had so much space in your house to drop shit on the floor now Mm -hmm. you could drop shit on the floor wherever and it's not disappearing on you like you could go take fish you've caught and they'll appear in tanks outside so you can really decorate the whole island with stuff yeah It's it's it sounds comical, but I put my tent just right there on the beach, which is very unsafe if you think. I about put it. it right near the beach, like it's on the grass, but like it it's beachfront property. I mean, I'm not I'm not a yeah. fool. You want the real estate? <laughs> no, dude, I'm I'm on the beach, so like yeah, like when I'm sleeping, I'm sure the water's coming up to my toes. Um, and my my daughter did the same thing, but it's cool because I can put stuff out there on the beach. Like literally, I wake up in the morning and my guy has a fishing pole in his hand, and like I take one step and I can fish. It's just it's like my dream scenario. If I was in a rich 80 year old man i would be i'd want to live somewhere where i could wake up in the morning and take two steps out with my coffee or whatever actually in my case a mountain dew and fish that's How what disgusting. i want to do yeah, <laughs> i think the, I this do. whole scenario of being an 80 year old man with mountain Drink. dew is very suspect <laughs> you think you're gonna be 80 hilarious <laughs> yeah i just so, pic- picture this morgan you wake up tomorrow right you get a phone yeah. call. It's an anthropomorphic raccoon. Okay. He says, Morgan, come, come live on this island. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to take care of all your needs. You go with him. He says, here's your tent. Get set up. And then later that night, you're trying to get to sleep. You hear a, a rat tat tat outside your tent. You come to the door and he says, hey, by the way, here's your bill. Also, I got you this phone. Don't worry. I added it to the bill. <laughs> that's what i'm saying if you have fun with just look if you say a lot of these things out loud to people it's like the funniest goddamn shit in the world Mm -hmm. it's a i love capitalism simulators it's so cute yeah Yeah, it's just so cute (laughs) he pays us all in store credit (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> he goes, don't worry, I paid you in Nook Miles. They're redeemable at all Nook Corporation uh, stores. And you go, oh, and I well, didn't uh, know this, but like they have quirks like Blathers, the owl, that me. He hates butterflies for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but he gave me this long speech about how like butterflies are like vermin, and it was just like the funniest thing. I don't know why. Yeah. It was yeah, he's always hated butterflies. Laugh. It's been great. Like you bring him all these bugs and everything, and he's completely. I'm fine so with excited. It. Yep. To get the museum in this one. It looks amazing. Like I got to tour the museum in my PAX demo. And mm-hmm. boy, is it expansive compared to what it's been in the past. Oh, that's cool. Oh, really? That's man. awesome. It's like going that's to like the goddamn it. Smithsonian. Yeah. The 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 museum has always been my favorite part of the game, just because it You're gonna love this then yeah, when that, you finally that get the building. More than any of the uh the rest of it feels like it's more tied to just really super long-term playing of the game because so mm-hmm. many of the bugs and fish fossils and, and all that yeah. stuff like that will yes. only show up at like certain times of the year someone be like oh yeah. it'll only show up in you know in the fall when it's raining at night and you're like oh wow i'm I'm, you know you're gonna have to really you know, like pay attention to the forecast and stuff to to figure out when you're gonna actually be able to fill out your museum it's really Mm-hmm. that i've also really gotten into uh, yeah I, I got a good look at the the multiplayer stuff like i said i, I dove over to one of my friend's islands and yeah. they do some really cute ui stuff with that like uh you'll be walking around your island and basically i go to the airport and i open up the gate so people on my friends list are allowed to come in and then you'll get like an island announcement like you do when tom nook calls people to the square where he's like oh someone's coming in at the airport and then your screen cuts to like a travel terminal like you'd see at an airport or a train station where it says like the person's name, where they departed from and where they're landing. That's and cool. then you like go greet them at the airport. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's yeah. Uh, like I said, we'll have more to talk about next week. It's so early on. But as you can tell, we're enjoying it. Josh had kind of a rough starting experience and he hasn't had a lot of time in it yet. So we'll see how he feels. Yeah. It took me a while to uh, bribe my kid. Are to erasing her island because oh, it's like man, that's you know, i mean rough. it was like i would have lived with it otherwise but i've got to re- essentially review the game i'm like how am i supposed to you know find out yeah. what the intro is if they skip it um yeah you do feel like you're getting yeah i feel bad but yeah. you she can still live on your island i don't yeah, think she can be bothered i, I, I it. named it the same name that she was going to use anyway so it's like you know whatever it's oh, kinda, okay 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 me not, a, not a huge change. She only lost a day's worth of progress since it, you know, just was not out. a lot at this point. So well, there's like only I said, so Josh, much she could have done. Mm-hmm. I I've been playing with my daughter as like a secondary person, and, and like it legitimately is not screwing up my experience at all. If anything, it's making yeah. me laugh because that's they kind of want the game to be intended in that way. I think like the hilarity of like, oh, your kid's gonna build a tent right next to yours and pester yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's I was fine with shit, that. It was know? just one of those things like. <sighs> I probably would have lived in the same island anyway, but I would have wanted to start it just to see that because, like, it it skipped a lot. Um, it didn't do any of the intro stuff, huh? That's weird. Yeah, it's like he's a new resident moving in. That's yeah, all it is. It, it was very trimmed down. And granted, there's not a lot there. It's an Animal Crossing game that doesn't matter long term yeah. to the game, but as far as like what sort of feeling you get, it skips the whole campfire thing. It skips. Oh, the music's also great. It They're skips introducing you to the new villagers that are there. So it's like, yeah, it was, it was strange. Um, it just, it really didn't get the feeling of, you know, your, your whole new Island across as well. Whenever you're just joining almost, somebody else's. Yeah. 
No, that's that's hundred percent fair, Josh. I was just mostly giving you shit, and it and like you said, with it taking the survival stuff and a lot of stuff from like um, Stardew Valley and games that have come out since then, like you get to pick your plot of land at the beginning, like choose your layout of your island and all that kind of stuff. That's feels like a natural fit to the game that sort of started it. I don't know if it's the game that started it all, but I look at Animal Crossing and the GameCube as being one of the grandfathers of those sorts of games. I mean, it, one of the ones that made it really widely accepted as far as, like, really popularize that genre, I might give it more to, like, Harvest Moon. That's fit. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, feel, I don't think Harvest Moon ever exploded here like Animal Crossing. No, no, it, it, less, it didn't. Yeah. But it... it yeah. I, but you're I, right. You're right. It, yeah. it ha- it's been around longer. It's been a bigger deal in other places. Yeah. Basically, Nintendo was like, oh, Harvest Moon seems cool. Let's just do it better than they do. It's Nintendo-fy it. Well, yeah. they, they, at first, they simplified it quite a bit. Like, there's still no farming or anything like that. But I bet you by the time an, another Animal Crossing comes around, I bet you you're going to start to see even more systems. Maybe. Hey, thank God you cannot well, I mean, fuck the animals yet. Maybe one day. Well, I mean, because Harvest Moon, there's you get married and you have children and stuff like that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to be depraved here, Josh. Come on. Well, we'll we can't. We're we giving can't you so Frober. many opportunities. Just move on. Man. I want to marry Frobert. <laughs> you can't stop me. <laughs> We're in love. <laughs> Frobert and me are in love. He goes Fribbit. That's what he says. He says Fribbit. <laughs> We're in love, and we don't care who knows. <laughs> your daughter's uh, like, uh, Dad. I saw Frobert <laughs> in your tent last night. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of croaking happening. He's wearing the same clothes he was yesterday. <laughs> Robert has to do the walk of shame back to his tent. Mm-hmm. He's got a crazy tongue, that friend that from. <laughs> God, this got really dark. Um, hopefully that helps, Janice. Uh, the Larise said, love, as in, I guess she's really loving it. Um, let's see if there's some... New people. Hakuna Matata is exactly the game helping me battle my anxiety during these strange days, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, BVA8899 says, honestly, Animal Crossing has always been one of my favorite chill games. I need to get this. It's super chill, but also addictive, and I think that's the secret. It's it's chill, but it hits that tickles that part of your brain that kind of a little brain click gets you going. You it, know? Well, it, it keeps you hooked. It was that's why Stardew Valley was my kryptonite because. Unlike Animal Crossing, it wasn't real time, so I keep going, I could do one more day. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's the trick, right? Anyways, I want to thank everyone who left a comment this week. I will tag you. Um, we will have more to say. Mostly, you know, these two weeks in particular, this week and next week, are going to be loaded with these games, I think, because they are two of the biggest games of the year, and we have a lot to say about them. Um, and you can't cram that all into one show really or maybe even two so we try to treat it fairly and as much as we can without you know bludgeoning you to death the same stuff but i'm looking forward to to having more conversations about this again if you dig what we do please sorry go ahead josh did i interrupt you no you're saying yes okay for a bit um go to patreon.com slash sword chomp patreon.com slash sword chomp you can find so many amazing ways to support us our five dollar tier gets you a top secret instagram page and all sorts of youtube let's uh, let's play style videos like my first impressions of doom which i'm going to tell you are fascinating as fuck you don't you don't want to miss that our ten dollar patrons get extra podcasts spoiler shows last of us control death stranding arguments like you name it so our patreon is a really cool place that you can support us and also get a lot of content that will maybe help you during this time if you're quarantined and bored and 
need some stuff to listen to. Or... We also have a Discord. Everyone that signs up, $1, period, gets access to the Discord. And then we jump into it and chat with our friends and patrons all the time when we can. So patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you dig what we do, your support means the world. All right, let's round up the show with polls, and then we. Oh no, fuck! I'm so sorry. I. God damn it! This is. Oh, I locked in for a long one. We still got Warzone and um um. Damn, I'm sorry. I'm just combobulated. I apologize. I'll keep Warzone was making fun of me earlier. Um, let's start with Josh's murder by numbers. Um, yes, I won't do my hears about that. And then you yeah, will be yeah. murdered. Uh, once you start talking about Call of Duty. <laughs> Uh, so what the hell is murder my numbers is probably the question most people listening to the show will ask Josh and you would tell them it is it is um, Picross plus um, a murder most foul yes yes plus a murder most foul um, I was I was going to say uh, um, Ace, Attorney? Ace Attorney but it's you're not proving the case as much as you're you're a detective, which you're kind of a detective in those, but that's like, um, it's more the narrative structure in this one as far as what you're actually doing. There's not really a lot of the gameplay is weighted in the Picross. That's it's mostly no, that no objections. Yeah, it's mostly it's mostly a visual novel that gets interrupted to play Picross uh, very regularly, um, which. I am fine with. Um, I, I mentioned, I can't remember when. I, at some point, we were talking about our guilty, uh, guilty pleasures of games, and uh, I, I, I love Picross. I just, I really do. It's one of those things I can just kind of pick up and play whenever, to, to the point where I played a Picross licensed, uh, licensed Overlord version of Picross, even though I'd never even seen Overlord. Just because I needed I needed more of that good Picross in my veins, um, hell yeah! And uh, so that's kind of why I got this one. But the the actual story they're telling is really fun. Like it's just it's a dumb fun sort of um, narrative they've got there. You are you are Honor Mizrahi, uh, who is a out of work actor because at the beginning of the game your your boss fires you and then immediately dies and you have to solve his murder with the help of Scout, a uh, a floating computer robot thing that uh, that helps you uh, find clues and solve all these all these crimes. Cause, Naturally, because you've got nothing better to do because you just lost your job. Um, but oh, and that's gonna be hitting people a little hard right now. Yeah, well, it's 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 fun. It's it's kind of a uh, it's set like in the '90s with a lot of uh, a lot, of, especially at the beginning. They kind of ease off of them a little bit as the game goes, I guess, in case not enough people were around to get all the '90s references. But there are a ton of like '90s references to like different sitcoms and things going on. And sure. and serial killers in the '90s is it's just everything like just so many references to '90s culture um, at the beginning, and it, it was it's so much fun. It's so much fun. The uh, um, gameplay is Picross, so there's not really much to say about there as far as like controlling it. It works fine. Like uh, there's not really anything wrong with how it controls. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say, Josh, because I was trying to get information so I could see what yeah. you're talking about because this is out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah. I guess that, explain uh, I what pulled Picross up Sandra is. Bo- <laughs> I pulled up the <laughs> – I don't know what – I'd never played Picross in my oh, life, Josh. This is, they had a similar problem, I think, on the on the Bombcast talking about this game that there is, in fact, a movie starring Sandra Bullock yes. called Murder by Numbers. <laughs> that's, that's the yes, first thing that pulled yes, up. Yes, there is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw but that also when I was I'm searching an idiot it as well. I've never but... played Picross, so it's hard for me to visualize these mm-hmm. things. Yeah, well, be... Picross I... is like a uh, a number puzzle, essentially, where you're. I don't even Sudoku? know how to really explain like it. Sudoku? it yeah. It's Sudoku adjacent, but it's. I think it's a little more complicated. Yeah, it's it's essentially. Um. There's a different word for it because I think Picross is actually owned by Nintendo. Yeah, Picross is the Nintendo. It's it's oh, uh, okay. Nonograms. Yeah, picture the... logic puzzle nonograms. Yeah, picture logic yeah. puzzles in which cells in a grid must be colored or left blank. Yeah, it's essentially you know you've got a binary grid, and then they give you instructions based off of numbers to the top and to the side of it, which are essentially yeah. showing you all the different blocks of 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 shaded cells in there so like if it says one that means there's only one block you don't know where it is but you know that there's one together and then if it has like five you still don't know where it is on that line but you know that all five of them are touching um so using using that little bit of information based off of you know all the numbers that they give you on the top and the side. You might as well be telling me about a carburetor because exactly. I have no idea. Exactly, what the hell it's you're it's, talking it's about. a strange thing. <laughs> you you need to be doing it to like get it. it basically, gotcha, think of gotcha. it this way: if yeah. you're doing it right, you should get a picture. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's what oh, you're doing. Okay. You're okay. Kinda... okay, okay, okay. Um, Pick cross. Mm-hmm. Did you know there's um, there might be mo- more of my alley, but I think there's Pokemon Picross. There is. Yeah, they made one. I think for, it was on the 3ds. Th- yeah, was it the 3ds? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um. Now that sounds great. Yeah. Also on the 3DS, they made a Picross 3D, which is excellent. And yeah, I played the hell out of that. Oh my! But it used a 3D in a really cool way. Too. Well, it's, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it was not really necessary, but yeah. Um, I, just I think remember the like trackpad that... was more useful yeah. than the 3D, to be honest, because it would be kind of okay. awkward to control. As far as navigating, a 3D it, yeah. cursor. Whereas they, there's not a cursor in the 3D version. You just kind of you drag it around and you break uh, off the, uh, the the ones. Anyway, it's weird. But um, and it was only like twelve bucks. It was cheap. It was good. If they ever make P- Pokemon Picross again on the Switch, I will swipe it up and try it out. Yeah, I think this but is probably think... a good one to get into it. Um, as far as there's plenty else to numbers. to okay. pull you through because the story is fun. It's you know it's fairly um fairly breezy it's got uh really good music it's got the act the composer from the ace attorney games um mm. which oh is, hell yeah that's yeah really that's fun that's a big selling point for me <laughs> yeah exactly and it it's so you you've got really fun tracks to to actually solve these puzzles with uh just kind of playing as you go um it's it's good. It's really good. It's one of those things where like I don't think it's not it's not going to overcome it being a Picross game if you just don't like, you know, that style of puzzle. But yeah. it's really, really good on its own and actually I think works well enough that it's not like 
for myself personally, I've never gotten to either part of the game, either the puzzles or the story, and felt like, oh, it's in the way of the part that I actually want. They're they're both really solid, which is something that um, I was kind of worried about with a you know a puzzle game where the puzzles are so puzzly. Like, there's no way to really you know try to. It was more like the opposite of what Poyo Poyo Tetris did for me, where I was like, I'm loving the Poyo Poyo and the Tetris and all this narrative stuff surrounding it needs to just go away. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is this does a really good job of like telling just kind of a lighthearted story with a lot of puzzles in between. Um, it seems to be at a fairly good difficulty curve going through it because you can't really select puzzles because it's, it gives them to you as you find them, um, which is very different from most, you know, like Picross games or anything in that vein where you just like select the puzzle you want to do and then and do it, um, whereas t- puzzles just show up. Um, but they, they, on a corpse, I, yeah, they've they've done a good job of of pacing it. I think, um, as I've I've not really felt like there have been any massive difficulty spikes or anything like that. Um, I think the only thing that could be an issue like that is they have a couple segments that are Scout is hacking something or something like that, and they have much easier puzzles. They're like this little five by five grids. Um, without a lot going on in them, but they're... Is that why there's a little robot? I saw a little robot. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're, they're timed. Um, oh. So you've got okay. like a minute to do like three puzzles, like in this little tiny grid. Um, and also oh, they changed the rules slightly where you can't put X's, basically saying that there's no way this can be shaded in because like you can... The controls in these games are always basically shaded in. There's definitely something here, or put an X saying there's no way this one can be shaded in, which is kind of your your tools for solving it. Um, and they they don't let you mark something off, so you kind of have to hold this. It's a smaller puzzle, so it's a whole lot easier. But you have to hold it in your head instead of trying to, you know, mark it all out. Yeah. So those that's, those could be a little bit yeah. of a spike if you're not really. If you, you're somehow just, not completely grasping it because it, it all of a sudden it's timed. Um, T- yeah, yeah, times are scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, every time you throw a time limit on someone, um, we were joking about that Final Fantasy 13 uh, sequel Lightning Returns this week in the private chat, Josh. And like I was reading up on it and it was like people are talking about it being timed and how that's going to stress you out, almost like Majora's Mask kind of a thing, I guess. <laughs> um, so it just made me think of like, yeah. I think about games that are on like a time crunch lightning returns no but for a limited time only um okay cool murder by numbers if you're into that kind of stuff so if you're into Picross and some of those kind of uh goofy side things like um perf- god what are those called uh ace attorney mm-hmm. and it's basically it looks like it's it's made by the same people or just the same composer uh, just the same composer. I don't it's know if anyone Capcom. else. Capcom. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not. I I didn't know if oh, anybody Cap- else. Oh, worked... that's Capcom. Okay. All yeah, right. Ace Attorney is Capcom. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else came over. I know the composer did because I I recognized the name and it was the music was really good. Um, but I I yeah. hadn't looked into it to see if anyone else. I'm, I'm entirely no. possible. But, but entirely possible. Yeah. They de- Metatonic is the developer. Uh, actually developed a ton of like stuff that you've probably never heard of, including Fast and the Furious. Uh, in oh, I've heard of that. 
Uh, I didn't know there was a Fast and Furious game. Let me tell you about family. Um, Oh, my God. You think Vin's still having a corona? They're developing Gears Pop, which will be... Isn't that already out? On the Android or whatever it was. Anyway, they made a lot of stuff. I'm not taking a a dig at them. They have... I'm just kind of browsing their catalog. Anyway, cool. Murder by Numbers. Mm -hmm. If that seems like something you're into... How do you feel about Murder by Murder, Morgan? Murder by Murder? Is that Call of Duty? Is that another segue? Yeah. (laughs) Call of Duty. Murder by Murder. I don't know. I don't think that has a good flow to it. Murder by Murder. I just don't. Um, God, here we go. All right. I'm trying to put on positive, positive Call of Duty perspective here. Okay? Call of Duty's good, man. Um, a lot of people right. like Call of Duty. I will, I will touch briefly on Warzone because I've played a, a significant amount of it over the past week. Hey, um, I played one whole match just so I could talk about it with you. Amazing. Look at you doing stuff. Uh, how many, how many did you win? I definitely did not win. I, you know, I think I got in like for the first match we were in the like 15s or something, you know. All right, that's not bad. Um, so yeah, I, I played a bunch of Call of Duty Warzone. For those who are unfamiliar, uh, if you have the current Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which I would say is a really good Call of Duty, actually, um, this was just put out like pushed. It'll be in your menu. If you don't own it, this is free to play. You can download it separately. Uh, it has its own client, a Battle Pass, and all that. Uh, but it is a Call of Duty battle royale, uh, much like Apex's PUBG's. Three-man squads, but it's Call of Duty. And the thing that I think makes it super accessible is just that. Call of Duty has a certain feel to it that is easy to pick up. Um, And it has all the trappings of Call of Duty that I think they kind of missed the first time they tried this with Blackout, back with the last Black Ops game. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's a lot of unique ideas in it. For I mean, it's simple battle royale in terms of the closing ring that's represented by a gas encroaching uh, last team standing wins. Uh, I think the most introducing interesting new idea is the gulag. Um, Yes, that that actually I did think was cool. It's really neat. Yeah. The the first time you die in Warzone, instead of just wiping, you are thrown in the gulag um, and then... (laughs) Literally, like in the goddamn rock, you are put in a one-on-one uh, fight of gun game, and the winner of that match gets to redeploy. <laughs> um. Yes, and uh, look, Rich, I'm, I love a good gulag, uh, a little crushed red pepper, maybe a sh- shredded parmesan of sorts. Welcome to the gulag. Um, <laughs> well, uh, come on. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let, no. Um, So, goulash, goulash, goulash. It's a Uh, prison camp. Do you get it? Goulash. Uh, No, so, yeah, the two things that stuck, my big thing that playing this that stuck out from Blackout, I think Blackout, see, I disagree with, I think Blackout did capture the essence of Call of Duty uh, in the Battle Royale space. My issue with Blackout was just that it didn't do anything really unique or interesting. It was just. You might be right in that. I just like, Blackout did nothing for me, I guess. And this, I immediately wanted to play more. Yeah, and maybe you were, yeah. And I I wonder why, I'm curious about that. And this time, to their credit, uh, they introduced this uh, new gulag thing where you kind of battle for your life, which is, I haven't seen that really in the Battle Royale space. And It's you definitely can, like, a new idea. I, I, I'm waiting for Fortnite to adopt it in like a week or whatever. Exactly, right. And then you can bring people back even after that if you haven't found enough cash on the map. Yeah, um, you can buy back redeployment. Um, you can buy loadouts. 
Um, buying loadouts is actually like a pivotal uh, strategy to winning because it's the only way you can get perks in Warzone. Um, if you like, basically, if you have enough cash, which you pick up on the map, you can get a throwable that lets you call down a cargo crate that has your loadouts from the main game on it. Um, and perks are not a thing that are in Warzone unless you pick up your loadout. Then you have the perks that are on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then like, um, but, but my big, I think that's, well, there's a couple of granular things I was going to ask you about, but my big takeaway was that their approach to this, maybe because Call of Duty is a little more, is, is a very mainstream thing is that they want to have a lot of ways to implement you coming back from the dead, which I thought was interesting. Like you can Up buy until, back. Yeah. At, at a certain point in the match, I think when the third circle closes, the gulag closes and you can no longer buy people back. Okay. Yeah. So it does time, which is, is good. I think. Um, cause at some point it'd be ridiculous if you're buying people back that late in the game. You're like, all right, come on, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But that's, a, that's their approach is just, you know, I, and I think the gulag thing is a cool idea. Yeah. I mean, it like totally a one-on-one is. fight for it your was, life. It was one yeah. of the most interesting ideas to me and I played around with it a lot. Last night, um, I finally won my first match. Um, been, been playing with a few Congratulations. friends. Congratulations. Everybody. Yay. Um, it, it, it was a big deal for me, man. I was like, I was riding that high. And I will tell you, I really like the outro uh, to this one. When you win a match, it shows you like um, rappelling into a helicopter out and credits start to roll. And it says like in memoriam and it gives you the name of everyone that died in the match. <laughs> and then it shows like your team in the chopper and it does like a starring and it like Metal Gear style zooms in on their faces, like giving a <laughs> thumbs up and smiling at each other in the chopper Aww. as they ride out. It's That's kind cute. of hilarious. <laughs> That's cute. The uh, the one thing that threw me off, and it's kind of like if you get a, a bad first impression, it can kind of unfairly taint your perspective. And look, I'm not the biggest Call of Duty guy out there, but I did you feel rich? Like it looked a little. I mean, I know it's free to play, but obviously Call of Duty and um, God, what is that? EA? They have a, a ton of yeah, um, and it's in the Modern Warfare engine. It's no, no, not the game itself necessarily, but like. A lot of the things around the surface, like the menus and the, I don't know, I just felt like the whole thing had sort uh, of a... Well, uh, the UI is a little wonk. I'm playing on PC. I don't know where you're playing. Um, I think purposefully so, just to, because it is this free-to-play thing, and they're also trying to sell you the main game in the background. I was curious um, about that as well. When you said the, they didn't have perks outside, does that mean that you just can't get perks unless you bought the game? No, no, no. Um, a... you, you're you're still unlocking them. Even if you don't okay. own Modern Warfare, you can still go in and set up those loadouts. All right, because that seemed like a kind of a strange way to no, trick no. you into paying sixty bucks for a for a loadout. You're, you're not for... you're okay. not locked out from having perks. All it is is like you can't go into this match with a perk equipped. You can't have perks okay. until you call in a loadout. All right. I was just curious about that because that sounded like if if there wasn't a way to unlock them from Warzone, it would be kind of a no, you still way to do you're, that. You're working the same battle pass as the regular game mm-hmm. and getting the same unlocks that all go into it. So like the difference is if you have the main game, you probably already have some progression on that. Yeah. Um I mean, I bought Modern Warfare on PS4, but I'm playing this on PC, but I linked it through my Activision account. Okay. But also, I have friends who are playing it who do not have Modern Warfare and they have access to all the same stuff, the perks and everything. It's just a matter of setting up those loadouts and knowing what you want before you go in the match. Okay. I don't know in particular how Warzone will end up doing, but it is pretty ingenious of them, right? As maybe Modern Warfare is kind of 
uh, Modern Warfare is sort of tailing off for a lot of people, especially with all these new releases coming out. Mm-hmm. They drop Warzone to kind of spike it back up. Totally. Um, and they made it free to play, which is going to get a lot of people interested in the game on the whole. Yes, because, yeah, because when you, this is the sneaky thing, Josh, it's smart. When you, well, just like any of these, I assume, except things like Apex that are just free to play, is that when you download Warzone, you can just hit a tab over and you can purchase Modern Warfare. It's just sitting there for you. Also, I'll note, oh. um, there's another mode in the free to play version called Plunder, and it sucks. Mm. Does it? Okay. A lot of people like it. Those people are idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Plunder takes forever and it's unfun. Uh, the entire pr- I, it, it it could get good. Do you know how plunder works? Did you see anything for it, Morgan? I didn't see. Pl- no, I didn't. No. It, it's a game mode you can select in there. It is the same battle royale rule, the same map, but there's no rings. There's unlimited respawns, and it's the first person to bank a million dollars. Like you're running around, teams are grabbing money. You then have to call in. Um, Do you like, get their money if you kill them? They drop some of their money when they die, but some. you can bank your money. Like, you can call in a helicopter and okay. bank it um, so you won't lose that money. The problem is, it takes forever. Yeah, that, like, that's a good idea in Smash Brothers for a dumb game mode that's just fun to, you know, steal somebody's coins. But, like, it sounds like with all that extra room to spread out, it would just drag on. The the map's too big, there's too much going on. The, the the person who's in the lead, the team that's in the lead, is always marked on the map, which kind of helps, but at the same it took like forty five minutes. I didn't mm. play one match. I was not into it. I um, yeah, that's actually interesting. The other thing worth I mean, noting that this reminded me of that I totally forgot were the the contracts. I don't know how much of that you did, Morgan. I thought that was interesting that you in it but confusing a little bit because it's so and I only played the one match, so you'll be able to explain this better. But you get contracts to earn more money, but they're specific players on the map. So, like, not always, not always, not always. Um, there's okay. different types of contracts. Uh, what you were talking about is there are assassination contracts, which you'll pick up, yeah. and it'll be like, okay, you're targeting this player, and then it'll mark where that player is on your mini map, and that team will get a notification like, hey, this person's being hunted. So, like, be on yeah. your toes. Um, is that because the circles themselves are kind of all over the place? Like it's not like a con, or because it, what do you mean? I'm, There's one circle. Well, well, but I mean, like if if they're if the person's way far away from you and they're just completely out of your range, it's gonna be kind of a pain in the ass to track I, them down I, just to get well, some money. That's usually they're not. Usually they, there's a person pretty decently near you, and it's a way to force engagement and keep people on their toes. But also, so it usually grabs people that are like within yeah. a reasonable radius. Yeah, and also that's not the only type of con. That's just one type of contract. Um, there's a type that is like cargo crates. Like it'll mark three cargo crates that you have to open. Okay, um, okay. And then there's uh, one called recon, which is the one that I think is the most useful. Uh, you have to hold down a marked position for a certain amount of time. It's like a capture point. Um, gotcha. And if your team successfully captures it, your map will update to show you where the next circle is going to be. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, so they that's what I think is like I will say for me I was kind of hoping the production like not just the I I don't know, I just wanted some of the stuff around the edges to feel a little sharp. Like I remember when it's it first in beta. Came, I in, stuff is changing. It's going to get better. They added solos just the other that's day. True. That's true. I just remember feeling like even like Apex when I jumped into it the first time from the music to the menu and everything. It, it just had a little bit more of a polished. I was like, "Oh, this is free to play. That seems like a pretty good deal." Same with uh, Fortnite and stuff. So, I'm not trying to, to rip the game. I just felt like the presentation was a I little f- lacking. 
the UI in the menus and stuff, and I, I, I agree with you, and I think that's by design. The game on the whole, they're throwing some stuff at the wall to see what sticks, but I think in a lot of the spots where it counts, there's enough polish. Yeah, yeah, and you'd have to really explore the nooks and crannies of those worlds. And maybe people are not, like, super anal about everything in that world being super detailed because they know it's just it's a Battle Royale game. Yeah. From, so. Also, fun note, unlike other Battle Royales, when you start you're dropping your descent, once you open your parachute, you can cut your parachute at any time, which I love. That is pretty funny. I, I did get unlucky, though, Rich. The first time I played it, I did get stuck with what appeared to be a couple of 15-year-old teenagers that were... Yeah, it's... It's um, not a game I've been playing without people I know. Exactly. If I had played with someone I knew, I'm sure it would have been a better experience. But it's it's not a condom a condemnation of the of the game itself. More of like the genre for me has always been tough to get into because I do like one or two matches and then I like feel oddly satisfied. I'm like, okay, I did it. I, I did it. And then I kind of feel like I can go on my life. I don't get the bug like people do where they just do it over and, and over. I, yeah, I get it. I think to my, to your credit, like the reason I stick with games like this is I have a good number of friends that play games like this. Yeah. yeah. So like when you have yeah, a squad posse. that's just like, let's get this going. Like, I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. If I asked Josh uh, to play Call of Duty, he would probably kill me. So, I mean, it's just just the reality of the situation. Uh, although I do want to, and to be fair, I do want to play the campaign in Modern Warfare, the new one, because I still wanted to experience what they were touting as being this really nice visceral jump evolution of the modern warfare franchise. I never got around to it. So I think it's a good campaign. I don't know about all that. (laughs) They, they kind of, yeah, I know what they They touted. I don't know if I agree with me and rich. Cause I saw those early videos of like the, them moving through like with night vision goggles on and like breaking down doors and like the, the way they showed it because of the, the, the grainy footage and everything, it looked almost realistic and i was like oh my god if they could really pull off something that realistic looking it could be really like impactful but then i started to watch gameplay footage and it just kind of looked like pretty call of duty so i don't know it is it is what it is it's um, one okay. of those it's a good one of those yeah 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 did you it, okay all right i still want to try it out though call of duty war zone for you out there those people that love call of duty always have rich here to bring it home um and who knows? You know, we always try them. Like me and Shay dabbled in Infinite Warfare, and uh, Shay used to love Call of Duty way back in the day. But he just tends to get too addicted to it. But he did get really addicted to Apex Legends, uh, which is basically Call of Duty because that's fucking respawn. Um, I really liked the campaign in Infinite Warfare. Yeah, I think Shay liked it a lot too. If I remember right, there was a robot in there. It was a robot companion. Um, all right, polls, and we can wrap this up now. These, uh, these, these are going to be a lot of fun. Um, some of these topics we mentioned briefly already, but they are worth at least diving into, if possible. Um, including the the main one about Animal Crossing being possibly the game of right now, just inspired by. Like one of our patrons and friends, Hakuna Matata, was saying in that comment earlier, there was a bunch of articles going around. Seemed like an easy thing to say, right? Oh, there's this peaceful game about being on an island from Nintendo. You can stay inside and play it. it it's the it's a perfect game to play right now during this horrible quarantine. But I think there's something to that. Um, and I wanted to know how our audience felt. And I was pretty surfri- surprised. It came back 70% said, yes, Animal Crossing is... 
um, the game to play of our time. Mm-hmm. I feel you, like Josh. Those big heavens. Yeah. So I think I think they're mostly right there. I I do think it's a good game just to kind of decompress, pick up, and play. It's such a good game to relax with, play a little bit here and there, and and feel like you're accomplishing something, which. Uh, so if if you're stuck at home with nothing to do is a great thing to feel like you're doing like a try to actually accomplish something first maybe 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 do your dishes no maybe, thanks maybe maybe <laughs> vacuum your your disgusting house for one time this year i mean it's march maybe maybe it's time maybe it's time you, you vacuum stare at me when you house. say that josh it's really like you're peering into my soul i spent all day yesterday cleaning yeah, but I earned this. But once once you have actually done that, it it gives you plenty more to accomplish without without a huge time investment, which is I think probably the best thing about it. You you can get something done, um, basically every time you you sit down to play it, which is always nice. Doesn't love a fun game about being an indentured servant to a raccoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah, there's no sadness in the world of Animal Crossing. And Doom is a great uh, distraction, too, because it's so visceral, but, you know, not exactly uplifting. Um, maybe empowering, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyways, yeah, the article, Los Angeles Times, why the stress-reducing Animal Crossing New Horizons is the game for this time of coronavirus. 72%. Yes, that's a pretty big victory. By the way, for what it's worth, Ori, Animal Crossing, and Doom all had a 90% Metacritic which is pretty fucking crazy. It's not easy to get a 90% Metacritic. That's almost all the percents. Mm-hmm. That is. I mean, according to you guys, there's no shot against Final Fantasy VII Remake, which will clearly have a 99 Metacritic uh, when all is said and done. right? <laughs> well, perfection is perfection. That would be cyberpunk. Um, this will one I... was rough. I, I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you said I was going to cure world peace. Somebody said that. I cure think it world has peace? a good chance of curing world peace. Is world peace, peace sick? Um, God damn it. <laughs> you know, we would have almost had cyberpunk. We really in the co- need to get rid of world peace. It's a blight. <laughs> no one's fucked up. We could have had cyberpunk during the coronavirus time. That would have been some wild shit. Because it was supposed to so come good. out in just a couple weeks. Um, yeah. this, this, this was rough. I thought very random, uh, low key. I think people that eat live animals are vile. 86% of our audience said, yes, they are vile. Um, uh, low key. except rich who said no, because he apparently eats live animals. What live animals are you eating? Rich? Tell me now. I, 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 I have had the, the live squid thing before. <gasps> you did the live squid yeah. thing. I've Did done it before. F- so you felt it squirming around in your mouth while you were chewing yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's not something I would seek out, but it was like a, a when in Rome situation. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. No, that's why you did it. But how did you feel about it when you were done? Did you feel dirty? Did you feel gross? No, not really. It, I felt like it wasn't <laughs> something I would like seek out again. Like that aspect of it didn't add anything to like the the taste of the food for me. So it became like a why do it thing. I want to see what the appeal was. Exactly. Clams like, are about the only thing that it's it's worthwhile. Well, that's because clams killed my father. Hmm. So it's a revenge thing. Yeah, I just, no, yeah. it's motivated by my character. There was this fucked up video of this girl trying to eat a live octopus, and it like was fighting for its life, and it was like ripping at her face and stuff. And um, and she got a lot of heat for it because uh, 
obviously it was fighting for its life because it didn't want to be eaten. She was trying to eat it. It was a YouTube video. She was trying to yeah. eat it live on like. Oh, and that's just a bad idea. Like, there's way too much connective tissue and everything else yes. going on in there. It's, it's so like, chewy, even when it's dead. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're just. That's not. You're not going to get too. it done. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do the job. I can go for some calamari. Shay, I was curious to get Shay's perspective on this because he lives in, you know, our culture is kind of weird about things, you know, especially when it comes to, but I know like that famous scene in Old Boy where he just chews on that uh, octopus and eats it while it's, wasn't it an octopus in Old Boy that he ate? I believe it Um, was. It was an octopus or a squid. Like culturally, isn't that a... It was his daughter. Oh no no no! Oh god! If you've never seen Old Boy, go watch it, and then you're gonna have some weird perspective. Actually, the American version is not terrible. It's not as good as the original. No, it's no, it's it, it's there, it has no reason to exist. Yeah, it's... It, but oh, that's not true because it. No, oh, I'm just gonna perv out on the chick who's in there. So let's move on. I've never seen um, the American version. She's one of my favorite actors, actresses, actors. However you want to say it. A lot of people say that saying actresses is a little um, offensive because you know they only refer to as actors, and I've just well, heard that. Are you are you spending time in the incel blogs again? <laughs> no, I'm I'm being serious. I don't I don't want to like mess that up. Um, Shay. Anyways, seriously, that question uh, hmm. culturally, that's more. Of um, a... Well, the thing is, in Japan, like they have parties just so they can eat live octopi all the time. Like, they're eating all sorts of live animals here. I'm kidding. I'm making that shit up. That, that like, like, just because it's Asia doesn't mean that it's common here. In some countries, it's definitely common. Like, if you look at the, uh, uh, like the Wuhan market, uh, some pretty fucked up shit there. And there's some oh, other like countries bat? like... Oh, God. Well, no, I'm not just talking about bats, Morgan. I'm talking about, like, they Did eat you st- dogs. They oh, eat no. other... Various animals there. And it's the same in Vietnam and some other countries as well. And I think that other countries have different values. It's like, eat something or you don't get to eat. Like, if you're not human, you are available on the uh, pecking order, so to speak. And that's how some countries are. Uh, The U.S. has drawn a pretty distinctive line there that is not shared by other countries. And as far as I'm concerned, I share a lot of the U.S.'s sentiments. Like, uh, there, there are horse meat uh, restaurants here. And some people are into that, and some people say, yeah, that's fine, I understand that. I'm not into it, to be honest with you. I'm not into that. And as far as, like, eating live animals, I could never do that. Like, I, I remember a really quick story. I went hunting with a former uh, childhood friend. And his family mm-hmm. after we went camping. And I remember that they, this was the first time I had ever fired a gun in my entire life. I think I was 12 years old. And they were shooting gophers. And they're like, yeah, try and shoot a gopher. And so I'm all excited because I've never handled the gun before. And I'm going to shoot and I pegged this gopher right in the back. And it starts dragging its hind legs because I basically paralyzed it. And after that, I was like, nope. Hunting's not for me. I'm never doing this shit again. And yeah, since then, I've never hunted again. And so I could never eat live animals. And there are some days where I feel guilty about eating the animals I currently eat because I know the conditions that they sometimes yeah, are too. raised in. And, yeah, uh, I, it's I've not thought, good. Yeah. 
that's the thing. Like, I don't see why in any circumstance you'd have to eat it alive. I feel like that's always, you know, you can always uh, kill the animal before like, you base, there, There's biochemical issues as to why they do that, and there's, like, anatomy and physiology. Like, basically, uh... If you eat an animal while it's still alive, some of those hormones are still pulsing through the body and whatnot, and that's going to add a slightly different flavor. Um, to be <laughs> honest with you, I don't like from my from my uh, my schooling. This was uh, biochemistry class was about four years ago now. I don't remember the intricacies of it, but I do know that basically that's why there's a difference between killing something and then eating it immediately after versus like. Yeah packaging it putting it in a freezer or refrigerating it for a certain amount of time it allows like certain things to basically settle uh different hormones and whatnot which is why some people want to eat those things alive and i'm i'm not gonna sit here and judge anyone who does it um i am unless you're eating a human alive um i'm not i'm let me let me say this yeah. oh it's so i'm not gonna worse. judge you publicly they kill it in a slightly I'm different judge you, way yeah right I'm not going to judge you publicly. I'm going to judge you silently in my head if you eat an animal alive. <laughs> I, I'm not rich. Cool. I'm not cool with it. Like no, if I, I went out on a first date and this girl was like, hey, let's go eat some live something. I'd be like, this date's over. I'm done. I'm going home. And you know what? Some people are going to be like, well, that's just like a, that's a peace of mind, frame of mind kind of thing. It certainly is. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, again, I, I I would never do it again. Like it was a matter of, I was in a situation where I was like, hey, this is the thing we were doing, and this was I was younger, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try anything once. But like, yeah. ref, no, reflecting that, on it, it didn't add enough of anything to me to justify I'd ever still, doing that again. Exactly. I'd still eat there over a sabaro. Yeah. No. Well, I God, uh, revolting. <laughs> a sabaro. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I mean, Rich, I mean, the... you did it, at least the animal consented. Yeah, no, I asked its permission. I almost made that joke earlier. Uh, oh, Don't worry, no. I'll make it for the both of us. Man, he just can't let that go. He's he's like a dog with a bone on that one. Um, <laughs> so are you. I feel like an old man. He's like a dog with a bone on that one. Dagnabbit. Um... <laughs> Here's a Anyways, fun so insight yes. because you guys might have more of this after uh, Shay brought up the hunting thing. As a, a born and raised New Yorker, uh, never fired a gun, never held a gun, don't mm. feel the need to. That's fair. No interest. In Montana, not, basically, not the size of those rats, you're going to hold a gun at some point. Nah, we just like, they're, they're neighbors, you know, you give yeah. them a wave, you go about your business. Okay. Just don't Actually, look at them the wrong way. I have a question well, Rich, for you guys. Where Random did you question. eat the squid? Whole Can question. I ask you that? Is it... Oh yeah, after after the squid question, or is it private? Where did you? Oh eat no, no, it was at a Japanese restaurant. It was with okay. people who were like into the cultural side of it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is a thing you do." And so I said, uh, "Yeah, you know what? I'll try anything once." And now he has nightmares. Oh, go ahead, Shay. Well, I still had the nightmares. They're just more visceral. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so you all have animals, right? You all have pets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let, so let's just for just for fun. Let's say this uh, coronavirus gets much worse and it becomes pretty bad to the point to where like 
groceries are no longer in the grocery store and you're a few weeks out of food, your families need to eat, or Rich, in your case, you need to eat. Um, I will not eat my dogs. Would you eat your pets? No. To survive. If your family was starving, you haven't had food in days, your family is starving. I'd invite a relative over and kill them first. I... (laughs) Yeah, no, I've seen a few Trump signs around. I'd probably head out there yeah. first. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, Might as well eat I'm, the metaphorical animals first. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I I play that metaphorical game in my head, and the answer is just always I'm going to starve to death. No, you um, eat the dog. And, um, and you kill me, and then they can eat my body. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to eat the dog. Dogs won't do that. Cats will do that because they have no morals. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rich, I don't think you're a monster, and I'm proud of you for admitting it publicly, even though everyone that listens to this show may think that we are both now monsters in two successive weeks. If you um, think the thing I did, I, they're going to weigh that against yours? Like, <laughs> or no, you're, no, no, you're, you're a monster. Say, one is significantly Wait, more horrifying than the well, other. What did I do? Get caught up in the moment? A moment of lovemaking? Listen, you could have let this go. You keep bringing it back up. All right, I'm putting the poll up on my personal Instagram, and I will be vindicated. Um, vind- <laughs> I will be vindicated. Uh, yikes! Big yikes! Um, I asked our audience if they had picked up one of the face masks yet in these times, and eighty-five percent of the audience said no. I actually heard from a lot of people that unless you are sick, the face mask doesn't really. Unless someone's like coughing right in your face, it's not really going to do much for you because it's even you know, that- even then. Even though it's more of a thing much. you're supposed to do if you're sick. Yeah. Right. Right. The 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 thing that it's going to do for you is going to prevent you from touching your face. But if you're touching your mask a lot, those oils it's and the germs on the, in the oils are going to seep through the mask anyways, and you're fucked it either way. So I did I did make a previous statement earlier when this whole thing started to wear masks. Um, I you know I will publicly re- retract that to a degree. Wear, if you wear a mask, either do it because you already are sick and you're trying to prevent others from getting sick, or wear the mask so you don't touch your face. But if you do touch the mask, you need to replace the mask. And that's it. Yeah. And the mask thing kind of got blown out of proportion. And it's like, yeah. But yeah. Nobody seems to be buying them here, so... I guess not, or wherever our voters are. Well, so, I mean, we're at a place where, like, hospitals don't have the proper PPE because people overreacted, so maybe, maybe ex- calm down yes, on the mask. yeah. I have yeah, a lot of friends ex- who work in hospitals that are saying, like, they don't have the proper stuff down here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I no. Think, man, like, we- I was talking to the guys earlier, and I get it. People are scared, and it's, it's sad for them because they're scared. No one's telling them what to do. They're not getting it from the proper channels telling him what to do. Well, he's too busy telling reporters that they're yeah. very bad reporters and they're yeah. fuck that sack of pig shit. Um, but yeah, I saw an older lady at the store thing? wearing a surgical mask inside out and upside down today. <laughs> and sorry, that's not fuck. Well, no, but like it's a, that type of mask is to stop you from getting someone else sick. That's that's the yeah. point of that mask. B, the way she was wearing it wasn't even accomplished that. Um, even even gloves are not the best because if you're not changing your gloves, aren't you just carrying around the germs on the gloves themselves? There's no reason to... Yeah, like, if exactly. Like, the gloves... 
Because I see a lot of glove people. I wouldn't say I see a lot. I live in Montana. It's pretty much, I mean, it's quiet here because we have to follow the regulations for the state of emergency, but it's not, it's not really a, they're a big deal here. But I have seen gloves. And I saw this girl at the gas station with the face mask and gloves. And she, I was thinking as she did not change her gloves between the 10 customers that went up that it wasn't really going to do her any good because. Yeah, you know. the only thing that would do is essentially save you a hand washing for touching something for that you. could be a suspect and then yeah. throwing wash them away. Wash your hands. But yeah, Unless, it's uh, like, yeah. just wash your hands instead. It's, it doesn't. Um, The thing it would be good for is if you have like an open cut or something to stop it from that's true. Yeah, instantly yeah. getting into you. It's like that's the, they, they have a purpose, but it's not, it's not like a universal, you should be wearing gloves. Yeah, sort of it's not thing. all black and white, unfortunately. Yeah. That's why this thing's so tricky. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, we're right in the middle of this pandemic, so it comes. That's pretty much all we talk about. We're what is at more the very dangerous? Beginning of this thing. I yeah hope that you're wrong. Um, what is more dangerous, the KFC He's donut not. sandwich? God damn it! Stop it! He could be wrong. Have hope. He, no, look at what happened in other countries. He's not wrong. Um, what is more dangerous, the KFC donut sandwich? Or the coronavirus. See, they, they, our audience doesn't believe that it's an ongoing thing because apparently they think the donut sandwich is more dangerous. But obviously, it was. Just if it's more dangerous, why am I going to order another one tomorrow? <laughs> Dude, I really, I realized that I might not be able to go I'm get one. Do that. Like I thought, I thought you learned from your mistakes, Rich. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was a joke. I'm not going to actually do that. No, I um, want to do and, it, Rich. I want to join you in the club. In fact, uh, the main thing I'll say, and uh, I don't know how much this is impacting your areas more so because there's a lot of it going around here my mindset right now is like uber eats and stuff is still available uh curbside pickup is still available if you can afford to do it support your local businesses because they're fucking hurting Mm -hmm. yeah now my worry is unfortunately it's gonna get to the point where you can't you can only quarantine for so long because too many people are losing their jobs and all that stuff and at some point you know you can't stop they're not going to be able to it, it, quarantine will only get more severe. It's a matter of public health. Like it, they won't just stop point. because we ran out of money. We'll eventually just repossess Bezos and, and the world I, will go on just fine. Well, nobody yeah, eventually knows what's Bezos, That's the point. We kind of do though. You can look at what happened in other countries. I'm telling you just by looking at how many people out there don't seem to really take this thing seriously. I just don't see that happening. Which is what happened in other countries and that it became mandated. They forced um, things to shut down because people didn't take it seriously enough. Yes, I agree. Well, that's what I'm saying. We are with all of our state of emergencies and things here. We are doing what we can to self-isolate. You know, it doesn't help people like me and Rich who still have to go to work and a lot of people out there. But you know, we're doing what we can. Yeah, because yeah. I don't have to go to work either. And Shay. Shay, yeah, we yeah, have to go. To- bitch. You know what? It's, I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm it's, kidding. I'm fucking with that's, you. That's, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not saying our lives are not affected, and I am absolutely taking it seriously. It's just my life doesn't feel that different, you know, it technically speaking. the I think the most frustrating thing about this for me, besides the fact that people are dying, obviously, and the fact that millions of people are hurting economically and fiscally speaking all of that shit they they're hurting financially not fiscally financially excuse me is that uh there are people who are out there that are like well the US government is responding i mean it's good that they're responding and to me it's so idiotic it downplays the fact that this issue has been known about 
for months now and the US government didn't take it seriously. And I'm so, I'm not trying yeah. to get political here. I'm not trying to make this about a political party because I'm not affiliated with any political party. Um I try my best to base my decisions off of my personal values, not a political party's stance or anything of that nature. But you look at it from just the most basic of terms. The US government knew about it since December. And that's the truth. This, yes. this, the awareness of this virus of the people who needed to make this decision were aware of it since December and it was downplayed and granted, yes, there's only so much prevention you're going to be able to do when other countries are suffering. But what that tells me is that basically the U.S. government, and not just the U.S. government, governments around the world, Japan's not taking it seriously. Japan is taking it even less seriously than the U.S. right now. And that's the fucking truth, is that people didn't take this seriously, and there's not enough protections in place by the people who are supposed to be protecting the people of each country to prevent something like this or to be ready for something like this. There, there weren't enough protections in place. And for people to say, oh, well, at least the government's doing something now completely fucking downplays what's going on in the world right now. And it's not acceptable. And for anyone out there who is downplaying the issue by saying, well, at least the government is responding, you're wrong. Because there are fucking people dying right now. There are people who are goddamn sick. And Morgan, I'm sorry, I'm going to use you as an example. Um, you know, we got into a a disagreement earlier this week, I think it was yesterday actually, about how a majority of the people who have died are elderly who have had complications and that's just fact. And yeah, that's fine. Maybe a majority of the people who have died are elderly, but A, we don't have all of the results yet because a lot of things aren't getting reported, especially in the US, especially Japan, because they're not taking it seriously, but also because of the fact- We, we just that, recently got kits here, yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, millions of people are still getting sick. And like Josh pointed out, and like I pointed out in our private chat, it still has the ability to cause permanent damage. And I'm sorry I'm getting on a soapbox here. I just, I'm frustrated right now that in the world that people are not taking this seriously. And it needs to stop. Like, people are still going to fucking restaurants in Japan. Like, nothing is happening. It's sickening. Yeah, and it's no, frustrating. I, I I see what you're saying. I do. Th if they're trying to add some optimism, I do think when I look around, the majority of people are, I'd say, like seventy percent of of norm of good people are doing the right thing. They're following the quarantine. They're only leaving when they have to. I I do believe looking around and talking to people that, and that's all you can hope for, man. Because seventy percent of people in this world are are wise, good people, and you got thirty percent that are probably idiots. You know, that's well, that's all you can do. I think. I think like, you got I, those numbers I mean, reversed. You you live in a world. I I, I think that you're expecting just perfection there. I don't. You're you're asking for everyone well, to do the right thing. How can I expect thing, I, anything less when people's lives are at stake, man? Because like, it's you said it yourself, elderly and if it was babies and infants, oh my god, it would be a fucking nightmare. It would like I would be afraid to leave my house. Have you, know? you not heard of the measles? Um, no, you, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, Josh. If it, I'm just, I'm not saying it's right. I'm like uh, I'm just saying that because it's elderly and the the autoimmune and all those things, that's a perception. 
And if it had been the other way around, babies and children. It well, would my be perception of that is that you're saying that like these people have less value then, and that's not right. I'm not saying right. they do. I'm saying pe- I think people generally. F- no, I and I think you're right of because we have an awful lot of fucking Nazis in our country all of a sudden. An awful fucking lot of Nazis. Well, no, no, they, no, 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 no. Josh, they were always here. They just realized it's okay to be like, oh, we can say we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not my view. I'm just saying I believe that's the view of those people no, no, that are I, lackadaisical about lack lackad- no, no, I think sorry. If I, I I think you're right about that. Like the, they're lackadaisical. 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 It's disheartening that so many people think it's okay to see it through that lens. Be like, oh, it's just old people. Yes. Yes. Like fuck I, off. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 in the same vein of anti-vaxxers basically and this is where i'm going to stop this cuz then i will get on my soapbox even more so is that with anti-vaxxers you get plenty of soap. they <laughs> too much soap <laughs> they see it as like a perspective of themselves i'm not going to vaccinate my children because i don't want this i don't want my child to have this me and i've gotten into so many arguments with anti-vaxxers in my life um far too many to be honest with you that there's not there's not enough evidence out there to show that and basically because of that because of their belief system they're putting the entire community that they live in at risk for themselves for their beliefs and sure beliefs are important I respect the fact that people can have beliefs and opinions, but when it puts a community at risk, that's not okay. And there should be repercussions for that. So like the article that most of us have seen a few days ago when there were fucking thousands of people partying at a Florida beach, those people should be Spring held accountable. <laughs> those people that is hard should to have some watch. kind of repercussions. And plain and simple, because they're endangering their community, not just old people, not just immunocompromised, but themselves, each other, and everyone else who exists within that community that they might possibly come into contact with. Because this virus doesn't just affect old people and just immunocompromised people. It affects everyone. And we don't know everything yet. And people may be like, oh, well, it's just a worse flu or hey, a vaccine is coming. That doesn't excuse it. So if if anyone here disagrees with me, that's perfectly fine. You're wrong, but that's okay. You still have the ability to disagree with me, but you're putting your community at risk. Well, why don't, and you, why don't you disagree with yourself. them inside? I d- that's I a good idea. Anybody, yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah, anybody would disagree, disagree all you with... want inside. I, yeah. <laughs> I legitimately don't think anybody would disagree with that, Shay. I, I, I don't. Um, that we would know, but I mean... Like, well, that's not true. Those people on the beach would disagree with that. <laughs> Those people partying on the beach would. I mean, I don't know them personally. Yeah, I know. I, I guess my, I don't want to be bleak, but I guess I always figure there's going to be a percentage of people that are always going to do dumb shit. And we have to hope that the 70% that do the smart shit. Well, will again, I just think you have out. your perceptions. I think you have those percentages backwards. Well, if I believe yeah. that, I'd be I real think sad I think he does too. Humanity. Especially in Japan. Whole, dude, I'm fuck. I'm telling you guys, it blows my mind. Every day I fucking go to and from work, the thousands of people that are still walking around going into restaurants, going shopping. Like I have some of my friends on social media, on Instagram, who are posting pictures of them hanging out in Starbucks. And I'm just thinking, fuck you. Fuck you and fuck everyone else in that Starbucks. 
Oh, man. At least, at least for a period of time. Like, if someone was like, look, I quarantined myself for a month and I can't do it anymore, I, I'm not going to go down that road, but I'm saying there's there's something more to that conversation than just I'm not going to listen to. Because you guys are under quarantine just like we are, right? In Japan? Shit? No. No. That's no, the point not. here. Okay. We're not in fucking qu- That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. We're not in oh, fucking I, quarantine I thought they were, here. Well, it's not le- it's not like law enforced quarantine, but it's like you know what I mean. It's like a quarantine. So I don't know. No, there's I, there's no quarantine here, dude. Like here's what happened at the beginning of the month when all this shit went down. The government's like, all right, because we've had some cases in Hokkaido, the children are going to be taken out of school for the for the rest of this school year. We don't want them to be at risk, which was the right decision, and everyone was like, smart decision. So then we thought, okay, a lot of companies are going to start moving to working at home. That never happened. We were like, all right, a lot of these businesses are going to start shutting down. That never happened. Dude, they're, yeah, I, swear to fu- I swear to fuck. Non-essential businesses are shut down. I yeah. swear to fuck. People here are acting like nothing's happening except buying more toilet paper, masks, and sanitizing wipes. That's it. That's the only difference. Like, uh, the prime minister... Shinzo Abe, and I'm not going to talk shit on him because I live in this country, <laughs> but uh, not too much shit. I'll talk a little bit of shit. He's kind of a turd, too. But uh, I mean, you you live there. You're allowed to have an opinion. He's given Reaganomics another shot. This time, they'll definitely work. <laughs> it's, tri- right. it's trickle down. No, everything's pooling the at the top right there. No, it's going to trickle down. <laughs> Something's going to trickle down. But um, you just wait. I'm oh, I'm waiting, baby. Just let me know when you feel that trickle. It just blows my mind because, like, Abe has said, Ronald. (laughs) He said, like, things like, "Oh, you shouldn't go to karaoke." People are still fucking going to karaoke. Uh, You shouldn't go to the restaurants. Um, You shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do that. Nobody's fucking listening because nobody gives a shit here. And to like. If you look, Japan's numbers are significantly down compared to the rest of the world, but nobody's being fucking tested. And no one's no, fucking... Yeah, it's, well, it's a... F- asymptomatic. Uh, That's the asy- is that the word asymptomatic? Is that the word? That's like a fascinating thing for me, the idea that you cannot... Sh- so many people are not even showing symptoms. Like... That's such a scary thing. Well, there's a <laughs> pretty long incubation period. Yeah, yeah, it's I true. know. It's just, it's fascinating, like... They set up a drive-through well, it, test facility uh, about ten minutes from me, uh, just this week. I remember you saying that too. Yeah. yeah, it just it just blows my mind that like people aren't taking this seriously enough. People are trying to dump. The whole point of this conversation is basically to say it's frustrating that people are downplaying this issue because you true like if you're downplaying it you truly don't understand the, the issue and if you're if you're going to continue to espouse to ignorant um beliefs on this you're a part of the problem if you're not going to do your research if you're going to view it as how it's inconvenienced you and not think about the community you're doing something wrong and i promise you that if something happens to one of your family members or yourself or someone you care about, your opinion's going to change. And and you're right, Shane. I think on this note, I would just say that that you expect everyone to be informed is very very um, optimistic. Um, in a perfect no, no world, doubt, I, well, no doubt. I mean, I think that's it why be- it's the we have guidelines here as well. Like, but again, if people aren't following yeah. them. 
sometimes it maybe it shouldn't be a guideline. Mm-hmm. And exactly, because at some point life is moving on, and there's no one with a gun in your head saying, "Don't do this, don't do that." You know. Yeah. I don't know if they need a gun. Yeah, it's like not yet, at least. Uh, all right. Well, I let that get over. You. Um, well, you got your coronavirus minute, so there you go. Um, Rich, you, you got. I, th- like- I think I got like a coronavirus half an hour, and I apologize, guys. I, I went in there. I didn't realize I needed so, to vent Rich about. Jay is surrounded by nobody that cares about the coronavirus, and he's freaking out, mm-hmm. dude. I'm not freaking <laughs> out. I'm just. I'm pissed off. Just pissed off. Like and I think I ran you should into be. one of my friends. I think you should be. Mm-hmm. I ran into one of my friends, and he, I was like, "Punch I have to go to. Fi- I have to go to physical therapy really quick. Um, which I probably shouldn't even be going to physical therapy right now. But that's like one of the few things I do outside of work and home, and I I want to keep that up so I can get fucking better. And he, I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, oh, "I'm going to the pub to get a beer with some friends." And I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I had another buddy this week ask me if I wanted to go to the club. And I was like, yeah, I go to a place where everyone's sweating, perspiring, and rubbing against each other. That sounds like a great place to fucking go right now. Just, oh, one of the, my God. Yeah. One of the first, like, really positive reactions, I was like, no, that's great. That's smart, is I got a, uh, a message from my therapist earlier in the week. And uh, she was basically just saying, like, hey... I'm going to be shutting down the office. If you still want to have sessions, I'm going to be doing them via Zoom if you're comfortable with that. And I was like, no, that's great. That's awesome. Like, thank you. Yeah, yeah my wife yeah. did one of those, too. Um, I was like, okay. I don't know if you know this, but I'm very anxious all the time. And my therapist was like, yeah, Rich, I, I know. Your wife that. is a licensed therapist? What? I said therapist. No, no, no. I'm asking Morgan. Morgan said his wife did that, too. Your wife's a licensed therapist? My wife's therapist also did the same thing. Oh, oh that's was really con- okay. Okay. <laughs> I think you misheard that in a way I didn't. I, I, was I totally misheard that. That's why <laughs> I wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah, they were like, no, you that's tell good. us. That's, that's good. awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Um, so and my the wife Xbox, is dead. The Xbox specs were released, and Rich basically said, "Oh, Microsoft still has to keep Duracell in business. The hard drive thing is especially a step backwards." And seventy-two percent of our audience said they actually do agree with you. Um, yes. But now you're changing your tune. I see. Uh, no, no, <laughs> slight, slightly changing my tune. So why don't you not get ahead of yourself? I just, I did want to say this. Actually, the battery yes. thing is still absurd. Um, yes. the hard drive stuff. As I, uh, Doug, and maybe we could talk with this with a little more time next week. Uh, I dug into the stuff they're trying to do, and the, the if you look at the specs of this console, they're not particularly impressive. Um, like, one of the biggest changes, which is something that should have been done a while ago, is that they're moving to solid-state hard drives. Um, and it seems like more of the impressive stuff is less with what the hardware actually is and what they're able to get out of the hardware. Um... And from what I I can understand, and I need to look into it a little bit more, it seems like a lot of that is reliant on the types of drives they're using. So it seems like the proprietary drives are almost a necessity um, if they want to get like the sorts of frame rates and stuff that they're trying to get out of the this particular hardware. Oh, okay, huh? So like it's they a necessity. need it's they need the drives to be up to a certain spec to get the sort of performance they're looking to get out of these, these high powered consoles. Mm. Okay. Believe me, you're not, you're not rich. I showed you this. I had three or four people message me that they love a good Duracell and that you're a crazy person. So, um, 
Well, I, I'm not. I, look, I don't necessarily agree with that. I will say this: I get tired of buying Duracells for my Xbox controller, and I've never done that with my PlayStation controller. So, here's another fun fact: I'll lead you into another, <laughs> into a totally different market for it. Uh, I'm an insulin dependent diabetic on an on an insulin pump. It takes Duracells. Why? <laughs> wow, that's oh, insane goodness. to me. That is insane. I got to be honest. It takes with fucking you. I don't AAA. The last time I've. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I've used a battery. I mean, like, I have some in my TV remotes and stuff like that, but... The vibrator you bought, maybe? Like, I've never... I, I can't remember the last time I've had to change any of that stuff. No. Yep. Just don't use the vibrator very often. Well, all right. Well, good job, Rich. We got a rundown on that from you. And uh, you've cleared the air a little bit, um, even though everyone did agree with you, so... Well, maybe we'll get into the weeds next week, like you said, because the PlayStation Five did did get those specs. Yeah, Sony, um, Sony released the Death Star plans. Thanks for checking out the show, everyone. It's been a long one, but you get to you get to know us a lot there at the end, which is kind of fun. Um, so we're gonna go back to our quarantine lives again. patreoncom swordchomp if you want to support us. DM the Swordchomp Instagram page, BFG, if you want to have a chance to win Animal Crossing or Doom. Um, thank you so much, Rich, for being here from New York, Shay from Japan, Josh from Michigan, and of course, I, Morgan, here from Montana. And we will see you next week for an all new chocolate.